but what I'm saying is it's like we don't even fucking know what's going on. Like they could be real in a different motherfucking dimension nah, and they're just trying nah. to like, oh, what, what do you mean nah? You don't fucking know. What the fuck do you what, know? What if I got a really shitty haircut and then somebody killed me? <laughs> this is where you What's up, boneheads? This is the Skeleton Crew. My name is Alex. Edwards, if you're an asshole. With me, as always, is Jamie Jenkins. What the fuck is up, Jamie Jenkins? Hey, yo! And joining us today is our special guest host, Dave Z. Dave Z, Hey! I got you something here. Something for you. Something for Jamie. Hold on. For Alex, we have a meatball bomber. And for Jamie, we have a chicken parmesan. Awesome. Yep. So a couple yeah, of things. Yeah, get to eat down here. That's so exciting. Well, I took advantage of the opportunity. I knew it. So a couple uh, straight from Jimmy John's. Alex always tells me there's just not room in the budget for me to eat. Well, that, we want your bone to look its thinnest. <laughs> you can see how hard. Did you see the, the, the picture I posted of myself on the Skeleton Group page? <laughs> Bony Joni herself. Jamie Jenkins. <laughs> wait, wait. I want to talk to Mahoney for a minute. Um, Mahoney, come here. Get over here. I know you're the producer for Banana Laser and everything. And since I'm on that show, I think, uh, <clears throat> I think you should answer to me right now. What... What is this shit inside of my meatball bomber? What are these green things? That's industry secrets, Alex. Industry secrets? Dude, I'm eating this shit. What is it? I want to know what it is. Secret sauce. Well, what is this? What did, what did, what did you get? What did you bring Jamie here? It's good stuff. Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's? I don't think anybody's ever heard of that. Well, I was an employee of the ones there. Well, that only goes to show. Okay. Get the fuck out of here, Mahoney. Yeah, really. How come every time Mahoney talks, Dave just gets real quiet? Because I'm hanging on his every word. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You guys need to get Montgomery in here. That's the answer to your problems. If the people who listen to this listen to Banana Laser, there's this nut job named Montgomery something. And he is uh, one of these weirdos on the internet who are obsessed with celebrities. And he has... He made, believe this or not, he's made himself, he's the admin of about 30 or 40 groups on Facebook, and they're all dedicated to, like, Brian Andrews and PJ Souls and Carl Weathers and shit, like, (laughs) the weirdest things in the world. And, And he's, like, obsessed with these people, and he has to do things to commemorate them. You know, we got the Tom Atkins page, but it's fucking Tom Atkins. And that's all we got. One. This guy's 30 or 40. So I went along with this gag, and, you know, he's harassing Dave to post on his groups, do this, join his groups. Why did you leave my groups? So I friend this guy, and I, and I have a plan that I'm going to do to him. I haven't even implemented it yet, but in the span of 16 minutes, he added me to 27 groups. <laughs> 
and I wrote to him, I go, dude, do not add me to any more groups unless I ask you again. <laughs> so that's why you gotta just say no. Just say no, yes. It works eventually. I thought it would be like radio <laughs> gold, but for some reason I haven't been able to turn it into anything. Oh, well, there is one thing. So I've acted like I'm obsessed with this show and I need everybody to listen to it. So I've been, uh, set, you know, I, I've, I've told him, oh, you got to listen to this one. Oh, you like him? We interviewed him. Listen to this. And I've been sending him a couple links. He acts like I'm not even sending him anything. And the next thing he writes back is about his stuff. So, <laughs> completely ignores you. It's as if I didn't write it. But it, it's as if I just poked him so he saw that I did something. And then, you know, and there, was nothing, there was no reference to it, though. <laughs> <laughs> and that boy's a poking fool, right? I think he poked Jamie. The, and he also likes yeah, to put a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> thumbs up. Yep, that's his gig. Thumbs up and pokes, baby. Yep, so this is a, a cool little show here. Uh, it's it's not extravagant, but it's a, it's a special one for two reasons. One, we're going to review the movie. Uh, the reason why this show has a funny title, Mark Patton, star of Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Jesse. Yeah, of course, he's famous for being gay, and that's the gay Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, so we named it Mark Patton Let the Right One In. You know, there's no innuendo or anything like that. What that means is we're combining, as always, the two things we do on the show. We're combining the movie we're reviewing, and we're combining the guy we interview on the show. So we interviewed Mark Patton, and we're going to review Let, Let the Right One In. Did you say he was famous for being gay? Um... <clears throat> Not famous for being gay, but you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> that's known as the gay movie. And if you look at him, the first thing that pops in your mind is gay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, believe it or not, generally, yeah, it's true. I uh, never would have known. Never. You didn't know he was gay? I didn't know until I watched that, that uh, Never Sleep Again uh, thing. <clears throat> when would you really have had the opportunity to find out? Yeah. Right. Luckily, I didn't. Yeah, right. I, I mean... That dance was kind of gay that he did in part two when he used to know. <laughs> Coach me all night long, bumping his ass into the fucking thing. But I just figured maybe the director was gay, you know? Well, what about when he wanted to sleep with Grady instead of the chick in a cabana? Right, but it's all the director. I just figured the director was... Hey, I'd want to sleep with Grady instead of the chick. Like Sleepaway Camp. Is that director gay? Because that movie, there's a lot of gay stuff going on in that movie. You think? Tell us what's gay, though. I don't really don't know what's gay. About sleepaway camp? Yeah. Can you? Yeah, help me? I mean, well, their dad is gay. Clearly, I mean, he's got. Oh, the, oh, that. He's got John on the, <laughs> on the side. John. You know, and then you actually see them in bed together. Okay. Yeah, I totally forgot. Okay. What besides that? Though? But that's obvious. I mean, but you're saying it's it. The whole thing is. Yeah, there's different things. There's you know those there's homoerotic uh, undertones. Like when the guy put his face in the kid's ass <laughs> <laughs> and the short shorts on some of the uh, especially the one guy <laughs> and the, the belly shirt on the AC Slater yeah right <laughs> exactly <laughs> there, are, there are things throughout there really are you know just you just have to look at it from that how the guys all go skinny dipping together instead of with those chicks <laughs> skinny dip yep. in all fairness banging any one of those chicks would have made you gay <laughs> and of course the finale I mean the whole situation who would do that yeah think about that that means that that blonde haired kid was making out with a dude 
Yeah, but he didn't know it. That means Angelo was gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another gay person. See? She was forced to do it. She just accepted it. She was dressed up. He was dressed up as a girl. And, you know, maybe that's why he was quiet. And eventually he just fucking went with it. Okay, well, this guy, this kid's kind of cute. I guess I'll go gay. And then I'll kill him. How about this? Angela got her penis chopped off in part two, and she became a woman. Are you gay if you were born a boy, but your aunt dressed you up as a girl, and then some for some reason you decided to just become a girl instead of a boy after you got to the hospital? That makes no sense. Uh, like Normally, the doctors would keep it as natural as possible, but they said, no, well, since you dressed up as a girl for... Uh, a good uh, eight years will just make you a girl. That, that makes sense. <laughs> so are you gay if you start dating guys after you get your penis chopped off? Well, no, because then you're a woman. I mean, like, the, most transsexuals aren't forced into it because their aunts are crazy. You know, most of them feel like they were born in the wrong body. You know, like they actually feel like a woman, but they were born in this man's body and body and they don't want anything to do with it. So then like when they actually mate, like when they go post-op and they're made into a woman, then they're attracted to men. But as women, you know, I mean, I think that's different from being gay where you are, you know, you want to be a man. You are a man, but you just are attracted to other men. I think Angela, what was his real name? You guys know? You must know, Alex. Peter. Okay, thank you. I should know. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. What a name. I think his Peter. middle name was Les. <laughs> Peter. So, so Peter, Angela, whatever. Um, I think that that individual is just fucked. You know, bottom line, not gay, not straight, just just. Yeah, fucked I mean, up. there's a whole lot of psychological issues going on there. Uh, yeah. yeah. I hate when they say that gay people choose to be gay because. That would imply that I could do the same. So you're telling me that I could just decide to suck a guy's dick? Like, that's that's ridiculous. How, how could I possibly <laughs> choose to be gay? There's no way in the world. And that would be like saying Dave chooses to like black girls and I choose to like Spanish girls. No, we just do. You know, I don't think we sat there and said, well... This white thing isn't working out, so I'm just going to date black girls in Spain. You know, it's you know just I'm ridiculous. glad you put it that way because I think maybe that will make it a little bit easier to understand is that it's you are, you are attracted to whom you're attracted. It's not, you know, I don't make a conscious decision to be attracted to the people I'm attracted to. It just is. I'm not really sure why people think that anything outside of what they consider normal is it must be a choice. You know? Right. I yeah. mean, if you happen to find, you know, redheaded guys more attractive, then that's just what you find attractive. It's not like, you know, I'm going to make, I really like this dark haired guy over here, but I don't want to, I want to be different. I want to like, I want to like gingers, you know, I mean, it just doesn't, you don't make that decision. You just are. Right, I can't even imagine. And who would choose? Who would choose a life of ridicule and 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 you know well, being beat up for who they are? And you know, I mean, it, it's a lot easier now than it was before. But people still have a lot of issues if they're gay. I mean, you still run the risk of you know losing job opportunities, of people just maligning you, or just getting beaten to death. I mean, it still happens. So. 
why are you going to go, I want, you know what, I want to live the most difficult life I possibly can. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I just don't want to bang chicks for some, you know, I just, I'm going to decide that the thing that I'm supposedly naturally into, I'm just going to deny myself and then do something that I will be like, just blackballed. Like, it's just amazing that people think that you should, that, that would be like saying, like, I can't ever imagine a guy bending me over a park bench and sticking his dick up my ass. Like, it, it, how could I possibly let that happen? If they really couldn't, like me, then they couldn't. You just can't choose it. You have to truly want that. There's no such thing. I wish we could choose. How about that? You would be gay if you could? <laughs> it's easier, right? Guys Honestly, are... yeah, sure. If I can go back in time, you agree. <laughs> Honestly. Because women are crazy. Everyone knows, <laughs> right? Jamie's a Jamie's a woman. I bet she'll say that women are crazy, right? Or no? Everyone degree. but me. Okay. Oh yeah. Fine. Okay. Everyone but Jamie. Let's just say for the sake of argument. <laughs> you yes. Getting them fucking crazy as hell. I there you go. <laughs> and you probably have more guy friends than girlfriends, and there's probably a reason for that. Correct? Yeah, that's true. I do. Okay. I have always I have always gravitated toward men. Mainly, that's because of my interests, though. You know, like I've always been interested in. Cars, motorcycles. Horror. Um, when I was a kid, I wanted to play with Transformers and He-Man toys, or you know, He-Man toys. I, oh, me too. I mean, but I also played with Barbies, and I did girly things, and I and I still do. I mean, like I, I wear makeup and I get dressed up, and I like being a girl. But it's just a, a lot of my interests are like typical guy interests. You know, yeah, what do girls even do though? What inch? You know, I don't think girls have any interests. No, but they're fucked up, regardless. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. They are, and we all know it. The skeleton crew does not endorse any beliefs, sir. <laughs> men are fucked up, too, but Alex, don't you think that men are easier to deal with? Like, if you were a gay guy and I was a gay guy, uh, let's just say, for example, think about the sex, the amount of sex gay guys can and probably do have. Oh, my dick would fall off. Drop of a dime. They could probably just walk at a gas station, see a stranger, nod their head, hey, how you doing? Okay, let's go fuck. Okay, let's go. And they go fuck in the back of a... You know the odds of doing that with a girl? Picking up a uh, chick Zero. It, it has happened. It can't I mean, happen. Okay, I'll give you 1%. Yeah. Yeah, yes, but for for gay guys, I bet they have more sex than fucking anybody. Oh, God, yeah. They're simple. You know what I mean? They don't got to deal with the shit that... Relationship stuff like, like with women... They don't have to have to... And they don't ask much of you. Girls want you, oh, we have to go to this party, we have to go to this, we have to go to that. Oh, my cousin's doing this, we have to go to a baptism. Guys would be like, uh, yeah, they have a baptism, I'm just not going to go. I'm going to tell them that we can't go. You know, yeah. Guys are much easier with stuff like that, and it's less stressful. So I could see that... See? If I could put a guy's brain in a girl, it would be a lot easier. Well, yeah. Theoretically, that would be perfect for, for us. You yeah. Know? But... And you know what else? If if you're gay and, and your your boyfriend pisses you off, you can just fucking punch him in the face. <laughs> you can't do that with a woman. Yeah, you can't hit a girl. No, you can't. But you could definitely beat the shit out of your boyfriend. If That's you're what I'm saying. Think about all the advantages that you could have. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you've sold me. It is a choice. That's true. It's a choice, I guys. I wish it was. See? Being gay <laughs> is absolutely a choice. I'm switching tonight because I want an easier life. <laughs> Okay, on that note, we'll be right back. <laughs> uh, who are you? Uh, I am Darth Nihilus. <laughs> do you still live at home with your mother? No, do you? 
No, I don't. Oh, good, good. Do you you feel... kind of sound like you do. Really? Yeah. Do you feel gay for being so into Star Wars? Uh, no, do you? I'm not into Star Wars. Oh, that's too bad, then. Not really. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't dress up like that, dude. Yeah, well, too bad. Is it? Yeah. Have you ever picked up a chick by talking to her about Star Wars? Uh, no. No? Have uh, you? Have I? Yeah. I don't talk about it, dude. Okay. All right. You seem to be talking about it a lot today. Well, I'm asking people like you oh, who I are see. freaky looking. I see. Yeah. Why are you getting so offended, man? I'm not. When you act like an asshole, when people treat you like yeah? that, don't be surprised. Hey, what else you got to say to me? <laughs> You're an asshole for fucking dressing like that. My name is My name is Darth Nihilus. Darth Nihilus. Yes. Hey, is Darth home? Uh, I am Darth Nihilus. I'm sorry? Darth Nihilus. Exactly. Are they available? Yes. Okay, this is I'm calling you from University. Oh, good. I received a form that you submitted about trying to get yourself a bachelor's degree in management. Yes. Okay, that's something that you are interested in? Yeah. Okay, so where do you work right now? I don't know. You don't know? Uh, no, do you? No, well, if you don't know where you work, I don't think you want to attend school. Oh, that's too bad, then. Oh, you have a degree? No, do you? Oh, of course, that's why I'm calling you, to let you get one. Oh, good. Do you have one? No. You don't have one? No, do you? I sure don't, but hey, Darth, if you're not interested in school, that's, that's quite all right, okay? When you act like an asshole, don't be surprised. Oh, of course not. Do you want to go to school? No, do you? It sounds like you may need a degree, so I, want, I definitely want to help you out. You seem to be talking about it a lot today. Oh, of course, because if you want a degree, that's what I'm here for. Oh, good. Yeah, but I don't want to waste anyone's time, you know. I know your time is precious, isn't it? Yeah. There you go. So your time is precious, so let's talk. Clearly. Is this for you? Yes. Uh, I am Darth Nihilus. Would you like to get into school? No, do you? Are you interested in getting yourself a bachelor's in management? Uh, no, do you? Are you interested in attending school? No, do you? All right, guys. we got a really cool segment coming up. Besides the two things we already promoted... We got the Let the Right One In review coming up, and we have Mark Patton interview. But before that, I just want to talk about a few things uh, that are going on in horror. I usually don't like to do this because it dates the show. Uh, This whole Evil Dead Part 2 thing, supposedly, it's not really happening anytime soon. Is that because of the TV series? Yeah, Jamie, uh, the TV show thing seems to be taking precedent over... The new movie. Now, do you think that's a good move or a bad move? Because this TV show will take forever to get out. Yeah, and then the the last we heard, Bruce Campbell has confirmed that he will be in the TV show, which, I mean, I'm curious about that. I'd like to see it, but I really would like to see a sequel to that. I mean, I really, I loved the hell out of that remake. I would like to see more of it. Yeah, it was amazing. It was my top five. I'd say my top three, if not top. That's my favorite movie of last year in horror. Yeah, it's in my top three for sure. I think my number one was, it was Kiss of the Damned. Oh, of course, Kiss of the Damned. Right. And then Evil Dead and then Kiss of the Damned. I mean, and then Lords Maniac. of Salem. <laughs> <laughs> Lords of Salem. Tom Holland is remaking his own movie, The Beast Within. Is he really? Have you ever even, has anybody ever done that, number one? 
Uh, yeah. Um, Ty West just did it with, I'm not Ty West, Lucky McKee just did it with, with All Cheerleaders Die. Yes. Um, which, by the way, if you have not seen All Cheerleaders Die, it's on Netflix, and I recommend it because I think it's fun as hell. Like, I had a really good time with that movie. And the Agreed. chicks are hot. The original remake is on Netflix. The remake. You can't even see the original. It was like a 15 or 20 yeah. minute short that he did in college. It was like one of those things, like with Evil Dead. Oh. You know, when he first started that up. But it was still, it's still a film. That doesn't count as a remake. Well, yeah, it was still a movie. Maybe I'm that's, exaggerating. That's like saying, well, then that's like saying that what they did for Evil Dead, he remade his own movie when they made the first Evil Dead. Oh, but I you see. mean Within the Woods, that thing? That That's what I was yeah. thinking about. That little that's story. what I mean, yeah. Yeah, but if you look on IMDb... Uh, and look at Lucky McKee that's in there, that, that all cheerleaders die. Maybe I'm exaggerating when I said 15, 20 minutes. It may have been a longer film. I don't remember. We talked about it on Bites once, So, I, but it's been a little bit. But I watched it last night, too, and I enjoyed you it. You did? Yeah, yeah. I watched it, and I enjoyed it, and it was, um, what can I say? When we talked about it on Bites, they said that it was going to be horror comedy. And I was kind of turned off to that idea, especially with Lucky McGee. I go, eh, this stuff isn't really comical, but whatever. And then I gave it a chance last night, and I'm glad I did. There, there wasn't really too much comedy, and it was a good film. What year is this? It just, just came out. 13. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. was it 13? I was. I, I could be wrong. Um, right. No, it, it did just come out, but I think it was, you know. Okay, yeah. Was 14, um, I, don't know. I, I really, really liked it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. And so... I want to actually watch it again because I think it's – and there's supposed to be more of it because it ends with a, you know, like a to-be-continued kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Huh. Okay. True. Well, speaking of remakes, is, is anyone looking forward to the Poltergeist remake this summer? Nope. 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 <laughs> okay, I, I got some more interesting news. So Scream – Kevin Williamson and Wes Craven made up, you know, Kevin Williamson has a lot of issues with people because they keep changing his movie after they get the bulk of it. You know, they change things here and there and it's not his movie anymore. So, and especially with the Scream franchise and Scream 4 was the last straw. Supposedly the ending we all wanted with that chick winning and, and killing Nev Campbell and like whatever was supposed to happen. So, uh, basically, they made up again, and Kevin Williamson says that he can finish out the Scream series. He already has things in his head and on paper, and all you got to do is pay him. So, he, he could finish out the, what, what do you call six movies? Uh, not a trilogy, but a... Wouldn't movie. it just be five, or was there a five that I don't remember? No, they want three and then three. Oh, I see. Okay. Six. Six. Sequiliki. Sequiliki. <laughs> I have no idea. Sequiliki. It would be actually sex, believe it or not. Sex what? Sex though? solid. Sex. Sex sexology. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> sexology. Sex. I think that's why no one's done that because they don't know what the right. fuck to call it. <laughs> exactly. So they just don't bother with it. Or a pent. Has anyone done a five and called it a pent? Whatever. A pentilogy. Right? <laughs> Quadrilogy was no, I think at that guy. point is just a franchise or a series. I mean, right, it, you know. Right. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Well, check this out. I have some – this is a, some off-topic news. But September 22nd, one of my favorite trilogies, uh, just the first movie though, unfortunately, is coming to Blu-ray. Do you guys ever hear of a movie called Trancers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Tim Thomerson mm-hmm. and Helen Hunt? Yes. What do you think about that movie? I actually couldn't tell you. I haven't seen that in forever, but um, 
I think I remembered liking it okay. So, yeah, it's coming to Blu-ray, September 22nd, if everybody's interested. The only thing is, it's $27. How much are you guys? Am I crazy? Like, I'm one of these guys who hold out. How long do you wait to buy a movie? Like, what's the price you're willing to pay for... What would you pay for, like... uh... Okay, perfect. You both like Return of the Living Dead, right? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Okay, what would you pay for that on Blu-ray? I'm kind of a cheap bitch, so <laughs> I don't like to pay. I really don't Uh-oh. like to pay more than twenty dollars for anything. Twenty, right? Yeah, I, I, I really, I really don't. Unless it was like something mega special and rare, and um, I'm just not that. I will pay more for box sets if they're really special box sets. Like I bought the Blade Runner briefcase box set. I bought the Twin Peaks gold set the you know those things i will pay more for but like a single movie i really don't like to pay more than 20 bucks yeah and i usually don't even do that yeah i don't even go to 17 i'll i'll wait like tops is 15 dollars. it depends though sometimes you can't get it cheaper you can wait and wait and wait and it never drops because it's a it's a rare issue or or something or you know i have paid more than that for criterion Right, those fuckers. But that's because yeah. it's difficult as hell to find Criterion for cheap. I mean, you know, you pretty much can't unless you get it from like eBay or something. But um, well, the sale that I just got, I got the three sale. of them. Right, and I usually will wait for a sale before I do it because, like, I don't want to pay thirty dollars for a Blu-ray. But there have been maybe two that I have. What was the sale you got, Dave? The sale I got was the Criterion sale. They, have, I don't know how often they do it. But I know they did it this year, and it went on for a few weeks. And all the criterion that are usually forty, forty fucking dollars. That's how much they usually are at Barnes and Noble. They're cut in half, and you can get them for twenty. So I bought the three for twenty. I bought those two Cronenbergs, and I bought uh, Rosemary's Baby, which I had been waiting a long. time. What was the Cronenberg you bought? I bought. Uh, I mentioned them last time on the show. Scanners. I don't listen. Video Drome on this fucking show. I don't listen to this show. <laughs> you were there. <laughs> <laughs> I have no excuse. Oh, fuck. I got Videodrome, I got Scanners, and I got Rosemary's Baby. And they were 20 bucks each. And that was a lot of money, but considering they usually 40 what can you do? How was Videodrome? It was good. It was good. Was it? It's fucking a little confusing, but once again, everything, you know how I am, how we all are about the second watches, but especially the Cronenberg. You know, those definitely take a second watch. And I've watched Scanners a second time, and I like it much more upon the second So, How do you like that stomach vagina in Videodrome? Ooh, wow. Yeah. But let me, but do you see what I mean when I said that, when I said that Cronenberg has always been really prophetic, and um, I said, like when we were talking about you getting that movie and stuff, and I said that with that film, he pretty much predicted the Internet Cafe. And which, like, when you go into that building and you got all those people, like all the bums sitting around and watching the video screens, it reminds me of people today, like in an internet. Or I don't even know if people do that really. anymore, but you know, <laughs> it's it was like basically the internet before the internet existed, kind of thing. You know, yes. like he had no idea what was coming, but this is his. This was his vision, and it was really fucking close to how it it actually went. And as far as like reality TV and things like that, you know, that that, that didn't exist back then, but 
Um, right, right. You know, it just, it just, these are all things that like he saw, and he was really close, like really, really close. He's practically like the Nostradamus of of horror filmmakers. Wow! I tell I, you, I hear you. Yes, <laughs> we should do a retrospective on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's his name? Stephen. <laughs> Stephen Cronenberg. When was it made? When was Videodrome made? Is it an eighties movie? Yes. Damn. Well, I thought maybe we could stick it in our seventies retros, but. Oh, well. No, we got to save that for Dracula vs. Frankenstein. We'll do it. Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> we'll save that for another time. But back to what you said about money. I would say $15 is what I would pay for Return of the Okay, we're the same then. Okay. I would wait. I would wait until it was 15 For the most time, for the most part, I'll wait. Some things I can't wait on. And what you said about the box set, it's funny you should say that because when you first started speaking uh, the day that it comes out, and you said you only like the first movie and something else. I thought you were talking about the Exorcist Blu-ray set because that is coming out on the same day. Yeah? Yeah, September yeah. September 22nd? Because we talked about it on the one episode of Bites you were on. We were talking about the uh, the uh, Exorcist box set, and then it's five movies, and that the price was right because it's only going to be like $29 for five movies. Five movies. Well, it you should know? be. Two of them should be free. Well, you know, I think a lot... I, what did I say though? One and three alone are worth fifteen bucks a piece, right? You know, and then you're getting three extras. I, I, uh, I believe in that. Yeah, and I, I personally, I want to see part two on blue because it's so fucking crazy. You know. I have had insane coincidences happen in the last three days in a row. Can I blast through them in three minutes? Go ahead. Okay, we're at the bowling alley. You know how in the bowling alley, above the pins is the wall? That's the background, obviously. You know how there are like designs all over it and shit? Yes. Okay, so there's a bowling ball, and it's bluish. And then there's reflection. Uh, Bluish? (laughs) And then there's reflections of pins on the balls. And the pins are orange. So the pin went, and it kind of went across the whole bowling ball, and I said, Hey, look, at that design back there. Doesn't that look like Michelangelo? Referring to the Ninja Turtle. This guy goes, What? I go, you know, like the Ninja Turtles. And and the guy's like 50 years old. And he goes, No, I don't know what that is. I was like, You don't know what that is? How do you never hear of that? (laughs) So I shit you not, within five minutes, a girl walks in, sits behind us. She's wearing a Ninja Turtles t-shirt. Ooh. (laughs) <laughs> then this guy says to me um so i told him how I, I i've been talking to the guy juice from the garbage pail kid movie uh we sort of became friends we you know talk a couple times a week this and that and uh that that night the night before he i found out he was in the episode of silk stalkings he you know he told me about it <laughs> so that I, old I, usa show yeah so Man, i looked it I up i have every episode on dvd what? I love Silk Stockings. Wow. Hell yeah. So I, I looked it up, and he goes, yeah, man, I ride a Harley in that one, because I told him I ride, and he rides too, believe it or not. So 
I, I watch it and I freeze frame the picture of him on the Harley and I go, yeah, look at this, man, I found it. And I sent it to him and it was on my phone. So then I get to work and I tell this guy that I've been talking to him. So that day, without even prompting him, he goes, you talk to Juice, you tell him about your motorcycle? And I was like, what? I was like, dude, look, here's a picture of him on a motorcycle and I just found this out last night. How would you even like connect those two things? Maybe he just knows you like to talk about your motorcycle. But I really don't talk about it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I mentioned it because he told me you ride. <laughs> so what's the third one? The third one just happened today. If anybody denies that, that there's this crazy insynchronicity shit going on with us, you're going to just say, okay, you're right. I'm sorry. Check this shit out. So I, I, just, I bought this Simpsons t- t-shirt uh, in Sears, there were, like all these great designer shirts were only seven dollars. Like they all went on sale, and they were normally like twenty three. So I, I bought a Simpsons one. I bought a blah blah blah, whatever. You know, you don't care. Where was this? Uh, Sears. Okay, it's a, it's a department store. And I know what Sears is. Okay, cool. So I, I put the Simpsons shirt on there. I say, you know what? I used to love that show, and I have every DVD of every season. So why am I not watching it? I just, you know, I go through phases, like everything. I, I, I when I'm into it, I'm into it. Then I'm gonna stop, and I go to something else. So I got back into The Simpsons. I've been playing every single season because at my job, I work at an office, and I could play it and shrink it down to one-inch size box on my computer, and I could watch TV while I'm working. So I've been watching every single Simpsons. So now I'm in season three, like disc two or three. I walk up to this, this guy, the same guy at work, and I say, Hey, um, do you watch The Simpsons? And he goes, Oh, I used to. I was like, oh, dude, you should start watching. It's great, man. I'm, I've been watching them all week. He goes, is Bart like uh, 30 years old now? And I was like, no, man. He's like, he's still 10, I, I guess. He, you know, it's been 25 years, but somehow he's still 10 years old. And he goes, does Maggie talk yet? And right there, <laughs> my whole, my face just, the blood rushed out of my face. And I go, what the fuck did you just ask me? He said, does Maggie talk yet? Do you know what episode I watched right before I walked over to him? Maggie said her first words, and then I walk over to this guy, and he says, does Maggie talk yet? Wow. Do you know, that? have you seen the commercials, that they're going to start playing every single episode of The Simpsons from beginning? Yes. But Jamie, let's not gloss over this. I'm not. I'm adding to it because I was just going to, I was going to ask you that because I okay. saw the commercial the other day when I was watching The Strain and I was going to ask – and they, there was this really cool like post-apocalyptic commercial because everything – and I thought it was so funny because the, the way it happened, it, there was no break between the show and the commercial. It just bled right into the commercial. And so it's like people walking outside and it's all – the whole world has gone to shit. And I was like, well, they sped shit up on The Strain, didn't they? I was <laughs> like, what the hell is that? And then all of a sudden – and they were watching The Simpsons on TV and, like, everything's going to hell. And then it was, like, every episode of The Simpsons from the very beginning, we're all going to die, you know. And I was like, oh, man, I got to I gotta tell Alex about that. Yeah. So I was going to tell you about that tonight, and then you brought this up. Wow. Unbelievable. Just keeps happening. Now, is that a – now, Dave, you can appreciate what just happened, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? Sure. Yeah, it's fucking pretty outrageous. Yeah, he could have said anything. He he could have said, didn't they like shoot Mr. Burns or something? He could have said that. He could have said a million things, dude. Did Maggie? Does she talk? 
and I just finished the episode where she says her first word. <laughs> How fun! And it was iconic. Elizabeth Taylor did the voice. It was a whole big deal. Man. What was the word anyway? Daddy. Okay. Okay. It's it's unbelievable. And I just want to say something for the record. I'm a big fan of the. I've said it before. The Treehouse of Horror Simpsons ep, uh, things episodes. And uh, it's the Halloween specials, if anybody doesn't know that. And you should, I don't know how you're on this planet if you don't know that. I'm a fan of the show to the degree that every single season I bought that's been released on DVD, and they're up to 16 seasons now, every one of them are great to me. Like, And I always heard that the show jumped the shark in the 13th season. So, you know, when I bought it, I was like, fuck. Okay, like here's my little timeline real quick, if anybody gives a shit. I started watching The Simpsons like everybody else when it came out, when I was 10. I probably just drifted away by age 16, 17, probably 16 even. And I, you know, I loved them all, but I just, you know, just forgot to watch or something. And just didn't watch them and didn't think about them. And then they started selling them on DVD. So from season five to whenever they started selling them is when I didn't, I didn't bother with them. I didn't even watch any of the new ones except for all the Halloween ones. I made sure I did that. And that's it. So I, the only reference I have in life is what they sell. So I just keep buying them until they're just not good anymore. And I think they're up to season 16 or 17. And I love every one of them. I think the writing is even funnier. It's more witty. It's more interesting. And, but there's nothing beats the classics. But it's still right up to, right up to greatness to me. And, and I have watched some season uh, 21 stuff. And yes, they are hit or miss. That's, that's a fact. Some shit just does not work uh, overall. But up to season 16, I think, is still solid. Do you guys – do you even keep track like that of the show or no? I haven't paid uh, attention. <laughs> no? Not anymore. I used to, and then I sort of fell off of it, and I, I still watch it, but not with any kind of regularity. It's kind of like the same way I was with South Park. Yeah, I think – yeah, we're all the same. We all pretty much stop. And no, not me. Not, not with the – see, that's just it. Simpsons to me weren't as good anymore after a while. I, I did. I also subscribed to that theory that the later episodes, um, you know, after whatever season you said, I don't remember exactly when it happened to me. Right. But I just started to fall out of it, and I was just uh, now South Park. Um, I, I never, I never thought they fell off. You know, that's, well, that's just my I opinion. Never... I never did either, but the thing is, I do that with all shows. It's like eventually I will just fall off of it, and because I'm doing other things, or I, you know, I don't know. After a season ends, you kind of yeah. I mean, it's like, and I know it's still there, so I can go back and watch it when I want. But it's kind of like Saturday Night Live. Like I'll go through, I'll go through chunks of time where I'm watching Saturday Night Live religiously and then I'll stop watching it for a couple of years and then I'll go back and watch it some more and then I'll and it just I don't know that's just my my TV viewing is really erratic the only things that I and I guess a lot of it now is because of evil episodes but like the horror shows I've seen every episode of um, like Walking Dead most of those twice I've seen every episode of American Horror Story I've seen you know and those I will stay with until the end, but a lot of that is because I do a show about it, and I kind of have to. <laughs> but sure. I'm now, now, to be honest, I'd be watching Walking Dead and American Horror Story anyway. Oh, also, yeah. Bates, also Bates Motel. Right on. That's but a, um, a lot of other shows, any, any other shows, I just sort of I'm hit or miss with it, you know. You know, I think uh, The Simpsons are still good, though. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think so I too. just 
Yeah, I just personally fell out of it, and there maybe have been one or two seasons that were subpar to what was going on like prior to that when they were peaking. But I still think it's good, and if I'm flipping channels and I see it, I'll watch it, and I'm usually entertained by it. The one, the, the one thing about The Simpsons, because I bought all the DVDs at one point way back. Yeah. Then, season one and two just don't do anything for me now. What? Oh yeah, the it, yeah, it's it's like a yeah, isn't it? Weird, dude. Season two is incredible. Season two, maybe halfway through, it just it didn't click yet. It just really for me, it just especially season one though. Just the way the animation looked was weird, and their voices. Oh, yeah, everything was weird. Yeah, it was weird. How about when Smithers was black? Remember that? Oh, dude. There's a lot of <laughs> shit that I've noticed now watching this first three seasons. A lot of things don't make sense. Voices don't match. Um, you know, people are black. Smithers was black. Yeah, Smithers was black. Isn't that some shit? How could you change the race? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it was very kitty. The, 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 the humor was very childlike, Simpsons season one, I thought, looking back on it now. It's all it's all focused on Bart and his school. And That's things true. Like that. It was more Bart. You know, it's funny. It became I, Homer show later. It, it did become Homer. It's weird because I remember focusing on Bart as a kid. And then as I got older, I was like, you know, I really like Homer. They really, uh, you know, I know this is about Bart, but I've been to Homer. Then it dawned on me, no, dude, they're just, it's about Homer now. <laughs> that's why you're, you know, you're, you're more focused because that's what they're doing here. Right. Yeah, it's different. Now, one thing I'm trying to do, Dave, I'm trying to get you to watch Sons of Anarchy and season seven is coming out and it's the final season and it's the big one, dude. What are your Matt Wazell has been? He started watching it and he loves it or likes it. I don't want to say love yet. Now, what are the chances that you're going to start watching this? Oh no, I'll start watching it. Uh, maybe I'll watch an episode tomorrow night because I am going to do it. Jamie, what about you? Eh. Jamie, okay. Look, here's the thing. Sons is like this. When I even looked at the covers and looked at pictures, I was like, eh, looks boring. I don't want to watch it. Yeah, that's how I feel. Exactly. And so I completely understand. Well, it's not that I've actually thought, because of you, I've actually thought that it might be interesting. But I just, it's hard enough for me to keep up with the stuff that I watch already, you know. Is it really that hard? I just said it was. I know, but let's break it down. (laughs) Do you think will happen if you get into a new show? Uh, that'll take up more time. Right. Okay. Now, how much time? <laughs> I mean, that's there are is six being asked seasons. That's there what I've been saying. Six seasons. What? That's a commitment. Okay. No, it's not. Want to hear how? Watch this. One a week. What? My sister started watching it because I didn't prod her too much, but I just I don't really know. Um. Yeah. Maybe I prodded a little bit. <laughs> of course. <laughs> And it was the kind of thing where this went on for a month of, so did you watch one? But I would only ask her that like every once a week, once. And that's, you got to remember, this is Monday to Monday. That's only once I'm asking. So I'd say, so did you watch one yet? Because you said you were going to watch it over the weekend and shit like that. So she started watching Sons of Anarchy on some day on the weekend by Wednesday. She was on season two. By the next Tuesday, she was halfway in season three. Damn. Dude, it becomes something that you cannot not watch the next one. 
So what I'm telling you is it doesn't take much commitment because in, let's put it this way, in I'd say less than a month, she watched all the available episodes on Netflix. So it's only going to be a month of your time. <laughs> if we become obsessed, you're right. Right, exactly. Right. So you basically, you're, you're, you're saying that Sons of Anarchy is like crack, and if we take a hit, um, it's not going to consume much of our time because there's only so much crack in the world. Right. Gotcha. And you'll do all the crack within a month. Right. Oh, yeah. You'll just go nuts with it. So then you'll have plenty of time for the rest of your life. Yeah. Well, that's what I did with Sopranos. Yeah? I watched all the Sopranos in like, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't start watching until after season three. And I didn't watch them when they first came out. Can you believe I never watched a single minute of that show? God, I can't. It's so good that I've watched it three times. And I, just the other day, I got Amazon Prime. And it's on there, the entire thing. Instead of watching a movie or Sons of Anarchy or anything that I've been talking about, I just go back and watch random episodes from different seasons and just sit and watch See, it. I'm not into that. Jamie, how about you? <laughs> Jamie, are you like me? I feel like you're like me with this. You have to watch. If you get – okay, let's just say you watched every episode of something. You have to start from the beginning, right, and go through the whole th- – you cannot just pick random episodes. Well, I mean it depends on what it is. If it's a show with a continuing story, then yeah, I want to watch it from the beginning again. But if it's like Family Guy, you know, I'll watch right. just random episodes. No, don't get me wrong. Every time I've watched Sopranos, I've watched it whatever, three or four times all the way through every single time. I've never not. But I don't want to start going through the entire thing again. But I, I, it's a show that I love so much that I could actually – at any time, just go to a random episode because I know what they are by the title and I know what transpires on that week. So because I love it that much, it's the only show I could just go and watch one chapter of it and you know and enjoy it and then just watch it any time. But ordinarily, any other time I've watched it, it's been straight through. But there you go, Alex. Twilight Zone, for example. It's my favorite show ever, that and The Sopranos. I have The Twilight Zone on Blu-ray, every one. Do you know... Wow. Now, I've seen them all, but not all on Blu-ray. I've had this Blu-ray set over two years. I still have not watched every Twilight Zone Blu-ray. And it's my I, favorite I, show. I believe that. Absolutely. Because, yeah. dude, it's not about having it and saying, well, I got to do it. You got to have that fucking mood, man. It's right. just like anything, dude. My life, like you wouldn't even – horror is just one thing. I'm into so many things. My mind just gravitates to something. Like right now, The Simpsons. And I will have the greatest time on earth going through all the – and I I might not even make it all the way. I'm not saying I'm even like that. This might only last two or three or four weeks and it will be over. And then I got something else and then I got something else. Then I got – it just never fucking ends. And Twilight Zone is one of those things, but I might not ever watch it until two years from now. So I could completely understand. We both love it, but unless it hits us, unless that's the phase we're going through – it's a lot to commit because if I start watching the Twilight Zone, I'm gonna start watching like two, three episodes a night. That's how I'll do it. I'll like I do. I'll do like you in phases, and I, and that's what happens. But I'm so caught up with catching up to movies that I only give television shows so much time. Yeah, you gotta make more time to. I know. Admit. I really should. I I'm can't help it. New movies keep dropping. Like you know what I'm gonna do? Just because we talked about Evil Dead earlier. I've only seen it twice. I've said it before. I saw it at the movies. The second time I watched it at my house, and I fell asleep before the end of it. So I haven't, still haven't given it, given it that all-important second view. But we talked about it earlier. I'm definitely watching it. At least that's what I'm saying right now. My plan tonight is to watch Evil Dead. The remake? The remake, yes. 
Okay. We'll see what by myself too. We'll see what happens. Man, when That's that came out on Blu-ray, that was one of the best nights of my life. And I fell asleep. How shitty is that? It is. Right. I know. Can't believe it. Okay, you're off the show. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he sons to sell it to you this way. Do you guys watch Breaking Bad? No, never, never have. Okay. I watched some of the first season. All right, Sons is far better than Breaking Bad. I don't care what any of these like elitist yuppie TV reviewers say and shit like that. That's just like uh, that's a a whole. I'm not saying everybody who likes Breaking Bad better than Sons is is that kind of snob. I'm not saying that, but I have experienced both, and I I did the same thing with both of them. After I got done with Sons, um, you know, I was done, caught up, and I I went to Breaking Bad. And yes, I've had many sleepless nights where I sat there for hours, five, six hours in a row, just watching Breaking Bad because I loved it that much. But it's almost like, oddly enough, to use this analogy, it's like a drug. You're trying to chase the drag, and you're trying to feel the high you felt at some point, but... A lot of times it just keeps – it dangles a carrot in front of you and you just keep going. But you never truly feel this uh, this great sense of um, fulfillment that you do almost with every episode of Sons. Every episode. Like I, I think that maybe there's one that was just okay. Every single one is good and they're all fulfilling at the end. With Breaking Bad, it just keeps you one. It keeps you going for more, but you don't really feel that like it's never as intense. Maybe two or three episodes are, or five episodes. Sons about forty episodes are intense. You know what I mean? It's like it's like a weird thing to to compare, but overall, it it it's it's not even a contest. Like Sons, even like my girlfriend who I, I didn't steer her in any certain direction. I, to, I I even sold her Breaking Bad, and she watched all of Sons and Breaking Bad. And let's put it this way: I think by the third season, she just stopped watching it and just never started again. Wow, really? Yeah, she just she just stopped. And think about that: she made it to to to, to past two seasons. In, in uh, you know, like a month or whatever, and then just stopped. Shit. It's, it's not as as good or, or whatever. It's, it just it doesn't grab you as much. Hmm. You know, it's it's a little bit more repetitive. There's there's too much of a, a central focus, and everything kind of revolves around that. And yes, there are twists and turns around, but it's just not enough. It's just not as good. I don't know. I don't know how to say it, but... Wow, my brother... Liked it a lot, and he is as big of a Sopranos fan as I am, and he told me it's as good as The Sopranos. Breaking Bad? Yeah, and even on his recommendation, I still haven't watched it, if you can believe it, because once again, the subject matter just doesn't appeal to me. Drugs? It's just, well, just the story of I guess it's okay, but it's just It's all not, about selling and ma- making and selling drugs. How much can they do? But then I, I say the same that's thing the about thing. Sons. How much can they do with bikers? So it's the same thing. But now, that's the thing. They don't do anything with bikers, though. Yeah, I know. Right, I know. I just... I'll tell you what. Why don't you watch The Sopranos, Alex? If you watch The Sopranos, I will watch... Every time you watch an episode of Sopranos, I'll watch an episode of Sons. How's that? Deal. Deal. I can send you the code tonight to my HBO Go. You can watch it on your computer any fucking time you want. Holy shit, really? Yeah, dude. 
That's the best show of all time, that and the Twilight Zone, in my opinion. Really? Good God. But I identify with it. I'm Italian, and a lot of things that go on in that I grew up with, and the things they say, and some of the things that go on with their their, their outfit, it, it, I can't get too into it. It's just, it's it's familiar territory with me. Yeah, dude. I'm, and it's funny. Goodfellas is one of my favorite movies in the world, so. There you go. See, and I told you to watch it. And you still gotta watch fucking Boogie Nights. You believe this, Jamie? Yeah, You've never seen Boogie Night? You believe no, it? I don't like Mark, Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Oh my oh, god! It oh matter. my god! That's one of the. That's oh my god! I right? watched that movie more than probably any other movie ever. Right, it's great. Got to watch fucking Boogie Nights. Really? Jesus Christ! Yeah, yes, I compare dude. it to Goodfellas. It's like Goodfellas in a way. There's the rise, the fall. Good Except characters. it's good all the way through, whereas Goodfellas falls off halfway through. What? No, it doesn't fall off, but it is not as good. Oh, I love it all. Once, once he starts cheating on Karen, and he becomes way too much of a cokehead, it does. It Karen, that's all the money we had. Karen, <laughs> they weren't gonna buy it. See, like Goodfellas <laughs> is like Full Metal Jacket to me. It's like the first wow. half of the movie and the second half of the movie are completely different in tone. I really love Goodfellas. I do. But I just feel like the first half of the movie is way better. I agree. I'll give you it's better. I, I don't know about way better because I, I, I never watched Goodfellas and fell out of it. I enjoy it thoroughly beginning to end. Now, Casino, that's a movie that the second half isn't as good as the first half. I'll agree with that, too, and I really love Casino, too. Yeah, but... and I do, too. Oh, yes. I didn't like Casino. I thought it was way too dark. It's no Goodfellas, but it's it's good. You know? It was too dark in a not good way. Like, I didn't enjoy myself. You like King of New York? I never saw it. Dave? You know what? Believe it or not, I have not seen it either. What? I know. It's oh, you should. Two, right? and it's yeah, it's... What about Bronx oh, Tale? Oh, I love well, Bronx Tale. I, I, I like Bronx Tale. See, of course think, you do. I think Bronx Tale... I know, that's me. I, I, much prefer the, <laughs> I much prefer the beginning of Bronx Tale, too. But, like, one of my favorite right. scenes is where Chaz Palminteri... Like, when the, the biker gang goes into the bar. Hey! Oh, it's they the start best. shit. And he just goes over and locks the door, and he's like, no, you now can't leave. you just can't leave. Yeah. All right, we're not I'm talking like, about yeah. this. We're not talking about <laughs> yes. this on the show. I want to do that uh, as a skit one of these days, actually. I was gonna. I was talking about it not too long ago with somebody <laughs> doing that scene. Alex can be the biker, and I can be the uh, be Check this out. <laughs> Last night, I went to a uh, – <clears throat> it's biker night, and, and you ever hear of Hooters? Of course. Yeah. Oh, they're, oh, that's everywhere? Okay. So it was biker night at Hooters. So we pulled up on our Harleys and stuff, and, and we go there. Fucking everybody is on a fucking sports bike, basically. And, like, it was literally, like, 80, crotch 20. Rocket. Yeah, they're all on crotch rockets. Rice burners, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it's, it's 80, 20. But check this out. There were fucking Hell's Angels there. There were uh, uh, something thug, by, thug something. I don't even know the fucking name. Thug life? I don't know. No, that's a misogynist. <laughs> so, it was something thug in there, and they they all had cuts on. They all had territories on the bottom, and we're fucking rubbing shoulders with these guys to eat fucking chicken wings and shit. So, <laughs> so me and my friend, we go sit at a table of a biker gang, and we're sitting, and it's it's an all black gang, and. Uh, my friend's black, so you know he knew them. So that's why we were able to sit there. And I'm sitting next to these Are guys. You saying all black people know each other? I was just gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy, this this biker gang guy, said to me, "Hey man, I'm not getting all these fries. If you want some of these fries." And I'm like, "So you're not gonna kill me?" 
No, I was kidding. No, I didn't go that far. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it was just funny, man. It was like weird. And, you know, Hell's Angels have killed people and shit. So can you believe that's what I got myself into? What am I doing here? It's like Goodfellas. The second half's going to be a lot crazy for you. <laughs> <laughs> helicopters are going to be flying you, flying around, chasing you. Tomato sauce and helicopters. Yeah, you're going to be taking you know, with, pieces oh, of guns places. Bronx Tale. You know one of the things that, that – like one of my favorite things that I got from that movie is where the the one kid owes C 20 bucks and he keeps avoiding him. And Chaz Palminteri is like, look, look at it this way. It cost you – $20 to get that kid out of your life. Mm-hmm. That is excellent advice. <laughs> it really is. Yep. That's my father to a T. He said that to me before that came out in, in situations like that. He goes, you never have to worry about him anymore just because of that. I said, you're right. That's my father's it, mentality. All it cost you was 20 bucks. Yeah. Just, well worth it. pretty fucking awesome. You got off easy. Are you looking for the ultimate part two glove? Well, Freddy's here to tell you to check out K4FGloves.com right now. Brought to you by their good friends over at Nightmare Maker Props. It's the Revenge Glove. Just like you've seen in the movie worn by my good old pal, Jesse. I mean, Mark Patton. (laughs) This is the ultimate part two glove and the details are simply superb. All the way down to the index finger blade break. Oops, I meant to do that. Check out the Revenge Glove brought to you by Nightmare Maker Props on the product section at k4fgloves.com. That's K, the number 4F, gloves.com. And tell them Freddy sent you. Hey guys, we're back. And this is uh, a real honor for me, man. Everybody knows that I'm a huge fan of Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. So, uh, you know, we had Robert Russler on who played Grady. And now we have the other half of the dynamic duo joining us on the skeleton crew, Mark Patton, the star of Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, who played Jesse. Mark, thank you so much for hopping on, bro. Hey, Alex. How you doing? It's nice to be here. Thanks, man. Great having you. You know, like I said in the intro, I'm a huge fan of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 and you, bro. So, uh, great job, man. Thank you. Thank you. You know, Mark, I want to start off with something that just totally blows my mind about you. You were 17 years old, and you were in your bedroom, and you flipped a coin to determine what it would be, New York or Nashville. And it ended up on, if you flipped, it landed on tails, and that was New York. You had $132 in your pocket. Can you take us to what was going on in your life at the moment that you decided to make a life-changing coin flip totally based on fate? Sure. I, I I can remember the the moment as if it were yesterday, to be really honest with you. You guys know from my Facebook and from talking uh, with me that, uh, you know, I'm a real strong advocate of, you know, like being kind to people. And I went to high school. I was in a theater department in high school. And I also sang from the time I was a little boy country and western music. And I was offered a recording contract when I was 13. My father... I didn't want me to accept it because I would have to sing in bars, basically, and he felt I was far too young for that. But I was in school, and I, you know, about, I think about when I was about 15, I just started hating school. I mean, I didn't want to go, you know, I only wanted to go to the theater. I had a great teacher, and her name was Mildred Fulton, she was a theater teacher. And I went to her one day and said, I don't know what I'm going to do. And, you know, honest to God, I, I really don't know what I'm going to do. I, I you know, my grades are getting screwed up. I hate coming to school. And she just looked at me and she was this kind of old, 
alcoholic, probably, really. And she just looked at me and she said, you know what, you're, you're a performer, you're going to go to New York and you're going to be an actor. I was like, okay. So I went home, tossed the coin, and that was it. And I, somebody asked me when I was going to, to move. And uh, I'm like out of the blue, like, like February 18th, you know, and it was approaching. So I had a couple of months to you know, like pull it all together and make some money. So I got a job. Of course, I spent all the money, <laughs> you know, like buying new clothes to wear and stuff like that. Yeah. And so you know, I had the airplane ticket on, for February 18th. By the time it was time for me to go, I had 132 bucks and some nice clothes. And a one-way plane ticket to New York, uh, to a place I'd never been before. And as I was flying into New York, I made a promise to myself, and I'm really, I'm just not BSing you here. I said, okay, well, I have, uh, I landed in New York at 7.30, February 18th, uh, 1978. I said, well, I give myself five years, and if I don't make it in five years, then I'll go home. I opened on Broadway and come back to the Five and Dime, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean, on February 18th, 1982, which was five years to the day that I had moved there and I had arrived in New York at 7.30 and when you have an opening night on Broadway the curtain goes up at 6.30 so I made my big big debut an hour before my five year limit was up oh wow so I figured you know that was really kind of and you know now I have the plane I saw the plane ticket and of course I have my opening night program and I have them framed together. And that was, I always believe that sort of the universe for me, I'd made the right choice. Now, have you ever wished it landed on heads? Um, sometimes, yes, actually. Uh, but, like, I, you know, if you can have do-overs, I, honest to God, wish that I had been born in, in 1978, as opposed to when I was born, which was 1958. Because I think I would have been, like, totally appropriate for that, that time. Like, for now, the world is a much more accepting place, blah, 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 uh, all of those kind of things. I mean, I absolutely knew at that time when I was a kid, even, that there was no place for me in professional country in Western There was just no place. Hmm. Now, I want to get into Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 a little bit. You know, they took a completely different direction. And they made the lead a man. Do you think that there were gay undertones in the movie? Because do you think they deliberately did that because you were essentially playing a woman's part? Um, you know, for, from my point of view, I mean, and obviously I've had a lot of time to think about this, and I've had a lot of. Uh, it's interesting to to me because Nightmare on Elm Street is too pretty really sort of an. Uh, historically, is really almost more important than the original Nightmare on Street uh, in the sense of education and, and demography. So, I mean, a lot of people do their dissertations and whatnot on this. <laughs> and I think that that's, I think it literally threw everybody because traditionally that person, that victim, would be, uh, you know, that turns into the fighter, uh, which, you know, quite honestly, in this movie, I really don't. You don't, no. And the real fighter is the heroine, which is Kim Meyer, who right. plays Lisa. And she's playing a guy's role, and I'm playing a girl's role. And, uh, and I think at that time, people really, really didn't know how to handle it. And also, then you have the, the, all the subtextual stuff that's going on. And that was all David Chalkin. 
and that was also the um, the set designer. I knew the set. I, I knew the set designer like sort of socially, I guess that you would say. And many years later, he said to me, he goes, well, what did you think? You know, because, I mean, there was a lot of controversy about this when the movie came out. I mean, it was, it was big. So people reacted to the gay aspect instantly? Almost. It was, on a certain level, it was, like, kind of horrific and, like, a nightmare come true for me. Really? Yeah, sure, because, you know, it's like, uh, well, I had done Come Back to the Five and Dime, Jimmy Dean on the also had and the film also and had gone to the Comic-Con Festival and we won the Comic-Con Festival and the Golden Bear. And I mean, I had a lot of notoriety uh, from this film. And, you know, in that film, I was raped, you know, like, and so I had been, you know, at like magazines like Advocate and all those kind of like gay magazines and whatnot, you know, of course they wrote huge stories about this because Cher was in it and all that kind of stuff. And they didn't want to interview me. But my agent would let allow me to be interviewed by anybody uh, for that movie because they did not want anybody to ask me the question. You know, they didn't want anybody to ask me if I was gay. Okay. Yeah, I was going to ask if you were already out at the time that you filmed part two. Yeah, no, I mean, in like my own personal life, I don't think I've ever been in the closet. But I think um, professionally, it was suicide. My first manager, who was like... Uh, not really great. That you know, to be honest with you, your first representation usually is not your best. But you know, the lady gave. You know, they signed me, and then she came over to my house and she said, "I want to look at all your clothes, so I can tell you what you can wear to audition." And I said, "Okay, you know, that's what you do." You know, and so she came over. She looked at my closet. She took all my clothes, threw them on the ground, and you know, sort of like bottled them up in a pile. And she was like, "Okay, you can wear this and this and this. Leave all of this on the floor and just." it up and put it on because that's what normal boys do. Really? Yeah. I mean, it was like so crazy and fucked up that you just were like, but I mean, I believed her. So, you know, I would like, I would wear dirty jeans and, you know, whatever to, uh, you know, you would be in a room with a, a whole room full of, you know, gay people who were all in the closet and they would all be, you know, terrified that somebody was going to tip those. And if you, you know, they, I would be asked questions like, you know, would bothering you to pay a gay person? I mean, do you have, <coughs> would you be able to withstand the scrutiny of, you know, people asking you this and would it make you feel bad? And I mean, what would your girlfriend think of it? I mean, like crap like that. I mean, like constantly. Mm-hmm. And I was expected to appear in public with, you know, with a girl with me and all that, that kind of stuff. So when Nightmare on Elm Street came out, uh, the underground reaction, the fan reaction, like Fangoria, right. like heavy-duty people, immediately reacted. Like, the New York Times gave this movie an incredible review. It got great reviews all over the world, actually. And I actually got really good reviews. Kim got fantastic reviews, you know, because she looked like Meryl Streep, so we got a lot of press. And the... Uh, and then the minute somebody mentions it to you, I don't know if you've had this experience, but when you really start looking at it, if somebody said, hey, you know what, this is the homo nightmare on Elm Street, right. that's what you to call it. And then you start looking at it through those binoculars, you absolutely start seeing it. And, you know, I, I talk about this on Never Sleep Again, and you don't really see it all in Never Sleep Again, but we've all transcripts from it. David always denied this. He said, absolutely not. not a, he had not a clue. Now, I know Bob Shade didn't have a clue. 
you know, Bob Shea is a really good guy, and he didn't, you know, I mean, he put a he dressed up and put a gay bar scene, and he didn't know he was in a gay bar. I mean, he was just a genuine like, nice man. And also, I have to say, Jeff Schultz is the same way. I mean, there were times that I, in the past, that I, you know, thought Jack set me up a little bit, but... You know, in retrospect, I realized Jack was just like, you know, like sort of a Midwestern guy, and he like had knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was like he wouldn't film the party scene. I mean, they almost shut down the production because uh, Jack wanted the party integrated. Right. And he wanted to have black kids, and he also wanted to have uh, Asian. He wanted everybody at the party. Mm-hmm. And you know the not Bob Shea, but the producer-producer aspect of the thing was like, no, 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 this is like suburban white thing. You know, these movies are about suburban white kids, and, you know, even though the, the core audience is everybody of every race, you know, and I learned that, certainly, sure, because these movies are popular all over the world. And Bob, and I mean, in Jackson, like, absolutely, I won't shoot this unless you have this myth. I just won't do it. And he threatened to quit it over it. You know, I mean, so I don't think that he would have, like, some hidden agenda, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But the two gay guys on the deal, on the deal did, and they became a joke to them, and they thought it was really funny. And, like, between the set designer and the writer doing this, and they thought they were very subtle, you know, but they're both kind of not that subtle. He's not a good writer, so I do have a little bit of resentment towards him, but, uh, but like, the prose box. Right, yeah, in the closet. That's all the set design. Like, nobody ever asked, hey, do you want to put a pro box in your closet? Right, and the no chicks allowed sign on the door. I don't know how sort of graphic I can be here, but... Oh, please, if you only knew what show you were on, dude, you could say whatever you want. Okay. If you go to the, the, the dream state, you know, when the room is really hot and I'm waking up and everything's melting. Yeah, right. Okay, so if everything is built to look like uh, a penis is ejaculated. And it's all that wax is, is dripping down, you know what I mean? And the, the candles are burning over and, like, going soft. And you know, that's the set designer. And that was, all, that was all on purpose. Wow, I never thought of that. <laughs> no, you, I, could, I could give you a lot of little things that you've never thought about, but that somebody else has thought of. And then they would write them on the Internet. And uh, generally, they wouldn't say them in a nice way. And generally, they were directed towards me, not towards the fan designer, not towards the director, not towards Robert or Kim. It was always me. And it's like, you know, uh, you know, he's such a fag, this, or he's so gay, this, or so. And you know what? I mean, I really was. So, you know, this, like, and I was supposed to be, I was on my way to be a movie star. You know, I was in there, and I was in the circle, and, you know, this was dangerous stuff for me. To be outed, you know, in that way was, I don't know, something that I really wanted to happen to me. Yeah, I mean, that's not the way you want to do it. You know, and, and, and I'm, I'm thinking about, like, you said you wish you were born in 1978. I think what you're saying is, these days you can make a movie like Brokeback Mountain and, and nobody really gives a damn. But if you make a movie like Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2... And it's not even really a gay movie. It's it's just implied. It's not even flat out said. People are like up in arms about it. Oh yeah, I mean, well, you don't want to like you don't want to mess with things that people really love. So you know, it's like I understand the the horror world very well, and I love it. 
and you know, and I've I've really come to embrace it in a huge way. And I also have come to embrace that, you know, like for lack of a better word, I know it sounds sort of cheesy, but I've I've really learned to embrace my karma too. You know what I mean? It's like this I really believe in my heart of hearts and this way it's supposed to be. Because I cannot tell you the amount of people uh, that come up to me at conventions, send me emails, to talk to me on Facebook, that you know, like I'm very open, obviously, now about life. And, you know, like, you, you totally say that. Or you were, like, my best friend. I didn't have any friends, and I would go home, and I would put my turn on the on, and, like, Jesse was my friend. Guys who will come up to me, and, like, literally, at, at, and I don't want to scare any of you off, because... <laughs> at a convention. Uh, but, you know, I've had, like, I, like literally stand it in front of me and dissolve into tears. I was 15 years old and I loved you. And I couldn't tell anybody, you know, I go to other movies and I, you know, I wanted anybody that I thought would actually love me back. But I thought with you, there was a possibility that you would. And it's like when you get into that when you're a grown up, you know, when you've grown up and you're like, oh my God, that's like that. It's, I mean, it's super heavy and it's super uh, rewarding, actually. And then when people talk to me about, um, you know, leaving show business and all that, which I know you'll you'll get to that, but and they say like, you know, I can't believe you have the courage to go ahead and live your own life and live it. And and there was like a, a place full of, you know, delicious rewards sitting there for you, but you decided to go all the way. But I, yeah, but I believe if I would have stuck it out, because I, I look, you know, we're going to do this thing called the Scream Queens. I don't know if you know about that or not. Oh, yeah, I saw your Facebook post. <laughs> yeah, and it's in uh, in Indiana. I'm going to be in Indiana in a uh, couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And it's Leanne and Heather and TJ and I, TJ Stoltz from Halloween. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and Carrie. Like, we all are in movies that the people went on to become Academy Award winning actors, all of us. The people around us all became huge stars. I mean, it's really kind of interesting, like, say, with Nightmare on Street 1. Like, Heather actually should have been the huge star of Nightmare on Street 1. I mean, like, Heather should have been the one that ended up like Jamie Lee Curtis. Right, right. But instead, it was Johnny Depp and Robert Inglis. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, but only in this Nightmare on Street series did things sort of flip. The only person that really happened in a traditional way was uh, uh, Patricia Arquette. Right. But everybody else sort of like the person that you expected not, didn't, wasn't the one that pulled out ahead of the pack. And it's going to be with a lot of different people. And the way it sort of happened was there was a poll and I was, the poll was the top 100 green queens of all time. I'm number three. Wow. So Heather's number four. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is number one. Leanne is number two, and I don't. Uh, PJ's back there in the 40s. Your scream, of course, the one. Well, you have two major screams: the one where you get out of bed, and the classic, the funniest. I mean, uh, it's oh, the okay. one where you're holding the glove in the shower, uh-huh. <laughs> and you just go. Ah! It was just like the funniest thing ever. But I definitely, you do deserve. <laughs> Thank you. You know, so by the time that that came along, when I'm screaming in that shower, mm-hmm. I've been naked in the shower for two days. Wow. wow. Uh, with a half, half a crew, and the crew is male and female both. So I've been in the valley. I'm over in the valley and I'm naked with a glove on, screaming, you know? And with, you know, like, and these are all my friends. So it'd be like you standing in front of your friends naked, yeah. screaming. 
screen because I think the screen is funny too, and I think it's and I love it now. Yeah, I um, love it. I always say to people, you know, like at a convention, because I would get I get less and less of it now. It's funny now that I'm more back in the world, but people say, "Oh, you scream like a girl," or you know, like whatever. Uh, and I, I do this at conventions a lot. You know, I have, I have some really good clubs, and um, and I have one particular club that would like freak you out. And if you come to Indiana or someplace, you'll see it. Mine are sharp. Right. And uh, I, a lot of people don't know they were like probably in my movie. They're about seventeen. Did you key? Is that an original one? Uh, well, no. There were all different kinds. But the original glove. There were two original gloves, which would you you would consider the Freddy. You mean from from the set? Do you still have any of those? I do have a lot of them from the set. So, yeah. Oh, cool. I actually donated. Now I don't have the the, the quote unquote Holy Grail glove. Mm-hmm. That was stolen. That some of those are monsters, and some of them are plastic. Um, when you're shooting, some of the blades are plastic. Some are wood. Some are. They're all different. They're made out of different things for different reasons. Mm-hmm. So like when you're shooting, like it's got to go into your body. It has to be. It can't be. You, they can't shoot razor blades into your body. Right. And some of them are so sharp that they're that you shave with. And like Robert and I always chose to work with the sharp blade when we were doing close-ups because we thought we should. And he put the blade in my eye. Um, what I do to people who ask me that is I put the blade right up in their eye and we take a picture together. <laughs> and uh, just and then I say, uh, okay, now scream like a girl, so I'm going to put your eye out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, the, I mean, I'm mean about it, obviously. But, I mean, it's a centimeter away from your eyeball. And it's as sharp as a needle. Wow. And you, if somebody had that in your face, and I, was, I always believed, I really, I, I tried to give a really honest, true braille in, in Nightmare on Elm Street. If somebody, you were all alone in the hall with a... With a guy peeling his uh, brains out of his head with a knife in your face, would you wake up and <laughs> scream exactly like that? You're, you would, your, your balls would retreat in your body, and you would scream like a girl, too. I guarantee you. you would, or like another famous movie from the 70s, you would squeal like a pig. Right. But, uh, but, and, and I thought that that really worked, but a lot of people really latched onto that, and boy, did they, like, run this. Now I love it, you know. I mean, now I think it's just fucking hysterical, and, you know. And yeah. I have to do a movie again. I don't know if I would scream like that again. But um, but I'm glad I did the first time. Actually, you know, in Never Sleep Again, a lot of people were like this in uh, part two. Now this is my favorite one. It has been like it's just the one that stuck with me. It's just I think it's the best story. I just love it. I love your acting and uh, you know Kim. Every everything about it is just great to me. And um, what is your so I wonder what what is your personal opinion of of part two? Like after it was all done, everything. Do you think it was like? One of the worst of the, the series? Well, you know what? I, here's what I think. And, and I think Tim will, you know, tell the story on us one way or another. People are, um, when it comes to opinions, people are very strange. They sort of, most, a lot of people want to agree with other people. Mm-hmm. And um, Percy's Revenge in Europe is huge. I mean, it's, I mean, I can't tell you how huge it is. Yeah. I mean, I, go to, I could go to Germany every week if I wanted to. I'm going to London, I'm going to Scotland, I'm going to Paris. And my, my signature sells for 65 euros, which is about $100. What? And I have people who have shrines built to me. And, uh, and they love Nightmare on Elm Street, too. And they love it so much because they're like, you know, because you know, you know all these conversations, but it's the last time Freddy's with Freddy. Right. He's not funny. He's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it's not overplayed. It's like all, all that kind of stuff. And I think that, you know, the sequel was made very quickly to make money. And everybody talked about the rules, but the rules weren't set yet. Most people never wanted to disagree with Wes. And it's like sort of whatever Wes Craven said, that was what went. But you have to sort of put it in context. Now, I like Wes a lot. I know his daughter, and I like her, and, and I respect him tremendously. But the thing is, Wes didn't want a sequel at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't want a franchise. He didn't want any of it. He wanted there to be Nightmare on Street, and that was it. So he walked away from the table. So he's not going to really like anything, honestly, yeah. that, about the movie, and, and, which is okay. I mean, I screened that for Johnny's death part in part one. Right. So I knew Wes in that way. And I had gone that far with him, so I know that he didn't dislike me. You know what I mean? Because it came really basically down to Johnny Depp or I. And, uh, or me. But I think that was a political thing inside of that whole deal. And I think when, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street 2 made a lot of money. And it still makes a lot of money. It made more than the first one. Oh, God, yeah. It still makes more than the first one. And you'll see when the Blu-ray comes out that it'll make more than the original one did. And it was ahead of part three with it, so it's going to make a yeah. ton. Well, that, yeah, that, that sort of kills my theorem. But, but if it were just alone, if it were standalone, I think the reason that they did two and three together is because they were afraid two wouldn't sell. That's exactly what I said to everybody. But I, I think, I think, well, I think they played their cards wrong. And I also think that Warner Brothers now is like sort of changing their tune because they, in Nightmare on Elm Street, two, uh, the the new Nightmare, they were going to move over Part Two completely and move directly into Part Three. And uh, and just pretend that part two never happened. And that has recently changed. And I really believe that it changed because of Never Sleep Again and the, the reaction from, like, the community. Because people pay attention, like, Hollywood people pay attention to what's going on on Facebook, what's going on everywhere. You know, it's like I have 4,000 dedicated users on Facebook, and I keep it at 4,000 because I want to be, that's where I want to be. I don't want to be at 100,000, which I could be, because uh, I don't invite people in. I mean, you really sort of have to come to me. When, and there's going to be a reason my Facebook is going to get bigger soon. But, um, but I like to answer everybody, and I do, and I think you know that. I mean, yeah, I yeah. Just like you said in the intro, you answer everybody on Facebook. I do. If you send me an email, you get a reply. If you post something, you get a reply. And it's not just like, uh, I, there's not somebody else hitting the button. <laughs> like, and, you know, like I have, and my personality is really starting to shine through there. Mm-hmm. And I, just, I have a blast. I mean, I, I really, I never had a Facebook page before. They, this was set up for me by Never Sleep Again. I didn't know Nightmare on the Street was popular in the way that it did. I mean, I knew I got checked. Yeah, well, that, that was my next question. Like, what, after you left, because, like, you even passed up acting, you gave up on your whole your whole dream in life. So what made you embrace this? Is this the movie that did it to you? What made you embrace that 25 years later? Well, I, you know, I live, as you guys know, I live in Mexico. And uh, I was pretty far down in Mexico. I had a very, very, I've had a very successful life, okay, financially and emotionally and all that kind of stuff. Oh, good. You know, I went on to become, uh, build houses and design them I'm an artist and a painter, and well, I came down to Mexico and I opened. I became satisfied. I had a, 
I lived in New York in Palm Beach, Florida, and I was just really surrounded by the people that worked for, like, like uber wealthy people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's very funny because I could be sitting with the head of a Fortune 500 company, I mean, literally somebody that was worth $100 million, wow. and more than $100 million. And literally about three months into the job where I'm, like, doing their house, right, there, would be a, there would come a sheepish moment where they would say, um, you know what, my grandchild was talking to me, and they said that you are a movie star. Is that true? And I and the kids will research you on the internet. Mm-hmm. And I say, well, yeah. As a matter of fact, I did a couple of them. And I'm like, oh, well, here I have your videos. Can you please autograph? And I mean, they like humbly asked me to do this. And I have I have a lot of nieces and nephews. So uh, and my nephew Jeremy was a professional skateboarder. So you know, I was sort of like I knew that world. The person who's the filter between me and everybody else in the world at this is my sister-in-law. And my sister-in-law and have known each other since we were like four years old. You know, Tommy got my telephone, because I had really purposely disappeared off the face of the earth. I mean, you, it was very hard to find me. It wasn't, it wasn't an easy task. Let's put it that way. I mean, I'm not listed with the Screen Actors Guild, Actors Equity, there's no agent affiliation, there's no telephone numbers, there's no nothing. It all leads to... Um, uh, you need a blank ball. And, uh, and the people from Netflix, again, look for me for two years. I'm, I'm not on the video. I'm not on the commentary for the first one because I don't think they really tried to find me. I mean, they half-heartedly tried to find me. Yeah. But they didn't. And uh, so, you know, they kept calling my sister-in-law. And finally, my sister-in-law, Cheryl, said, you know, she called me in Mexico. And she said, you know what? These people are really, really nice. And I just think you... You know, this one time I think you should, you know, do the, give them the courtesy of, you know, calling them back. Because they're really nice and they've never been anything nice and they really want to talk to you. So I called them and they told me what was going down and I talked to Tommy on the, on the telephone and I said, well, these are my conditions, you know. It's like uh, I'm not, I'm not going to BS anything for you. So if I'm going to say whatever I want to say and, uh, and I'm going to say it exactly the way that I want to say it. And if you're trying to sh- move this in any kind of direction, then, you know, I'm not the person for you. And they were like, no, 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 we're big fans, and we're totally, this is it. And I said, okay. And they flew Hector, Hartner and I to Los Angeles three days later. And I shot the documentary, never dreaming what was going to, ha- what was going to happen next. It's like they were like, well, do you want to go, you know, you and let us build you a Facebook page so that we can, um, and so I find with uh, Reevolution, which is a, a, a group of people that move actors around uh, for conventions and whatnot, and they put me a Facebook page up, and the next day I had a thousand people on Facebook. Uh, and then the videos, and then the DVD came out. The rest is history. Yeah, well, like, almost everybody's changed their opinion. And it's about what, you know, now David's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, because originally in, in Never Sleep Again, David says no, that he did not know. Yeah. And he says, oh, I don't know. And, but then they filmed me, and then they brought him back in. And they played the film. And, I mean, you know, like sort of like in an old-fashioned Western kind of, like I sort of called him out on the carpet. 
And I said, you know, this is bullshit. Like, why don't you, you know, admit after all of this time you knew what you were doing. I know you knew what you were doing because your, your friend told me. You know, the set designer told me. So you guys used to go back and back. You know, set up scenes where I just had my clothes on, blah, 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 blah. And I just said all of this. And then so, you know, the guys from Never Sleep Again, they just played in the film. And that's when he said, oh, you know what, I'm sorry, it was, you know, now a different time, and if it's time to admit that this is But before, here's a, here's a question that I, I'm, I'm going to try to get in your headspace here, and I, and I want to know if, um, do you feel that your sexuality alienated you as a person? Like, I saw a picture of a guy that held up a t-shirt on Facebook and said, Jesse's a homo and stuff like that. Like, do you ever wish that people would just, Think of you as Mark the actor from Nightmare on Elm Street instead of Mark the gay guy from Nightmare on Elm Street. Like, do you ever wish that wasn't always tied in? Like, you could just be yourself and you didn't always have to associate your sexuality? Yeah. Um, and if I would have chosen a career in acting, you know what I mean? Like, a, to continue in that vein? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not outing anybody or anything, but, you know, that's the classic example of that is Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey won't talk about anything. And there's a reason he doesn't talk about his personal life, because he doesn't want his personal life to interfere with what he does as an actor. Right. And, and, you know, like, I totally respect that. Lot you know, they, they're like, well, you should, you know, you have to talk about this and you have to talk about that. And we all need to do this. And, and a lot of people make the decision for you, uh, which I'm like, you know, honestly, a hundred and... 10% against. I don't believe anybody should ever out anybody who doesn't want to be out. You know right. what I mean? You know, if you, you want to be, uh, if you want to live in a closet, I mean, everybody knows, like, the names that there's a certain percent of the population that thinks he's gay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, probably 50% of them are. Yeah. But when you have a billion dollars, like, you're running a billion dollar train, you know, or you're worth that amount of money to a movie studio. There are a lot of people telling you things that uh, are probably not in your best interest, but you're a, you're, a, you're a commodity at that point. You're also sort of like an animal because you're hunting constantly. Yeah. Now, the paparazzi and the Internet, like, no room. I mean, it's not safe for, you know, kids anymore to have sex in the bedroom because, you know, somebody may have an infrared camera. Mm-hmm. The room when you're being filmed in your own internet before you know it, you know what I mean? And if you're a normal person, now up the ante on that and you're a movie star and you're in a closet uh, and you don't want anybody to have proof that you're gay, I mean, it makes for a pretty schizophrenic if you're really, really crazy. So I'm, so I'm you know, I'm, I literally, I say, you know what, it's okay. Now, I also know I didn't choose that life. So, and when I picked up the mantle again. Uh, you know, when I decided to do what I'm doing now, talking to you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my roots have changed, I have to say, over the course of, you know, the last uh, couple of years. But I, I, I have a quote, and I, I don't know where I got it from, but I love it. And it's like, you know, you take the bricks that people throw at you and you build a firm foundation with it. And so those, those T-shirts are all from me. Yeah. Those T-shirts come from me. And where the quotes come from are from IMDb. Oh. And they're all said by real people. And all the money goes to the foundation. And I, but I sell them at conventions, and then the money goes to the Trevor Foundation. And, like, those T-shirts are all over the world. And 
there are generally things that people, a certain way, I just feel like, you know what, I took my own power back. It's right. like, you know, so what? You know, you think you think scream like a girl is funny here? I can really make it funny. You think I scream like a girl? I can be a scream queen. And I guarantee you in Indiana on uh, 12.30 on Saturday, you won't be able to get in there. Wow. And if you notice on the picture, the person who's the lead on the picture, and, uh, I'm draw, and it's like, and it's going to be a blast because we're going to talk about, you know, obviously we're going to talk about our film, and we're going to have a lot of fun because we've talked about it a little bit, and, you know, like, but, um, but the very people that I used to be afraid of, I mean, the most afraid of, are the people that I kind of love the most now and really sort of love me the most. It's like, I can't tell you how many, like, guys who would scare me to death, you know, like at, at another time in my life, come to me like, hey, we love you, man. You know, don't let anybody fuck with you. You're like real deal. You know, I love Jesse. You know, these guys are married. I mean, they're hardcore metalhead horror fans. Well, before we go, can you tell us a little bit about the documentary you're doing called There in No Jesse? The line is from where, uh, it's Freddie's line, and it's where he says, yeah, I'm Jesse now. And, you know, uh, Heather, you know, her new documentary, which she just finished, is uh, called I Am Nancy. Right. And it's about how fans really identify with Nancy and all that kind of stuff. And it's really, really good. She did a great job. All right, this, my documentary is something completely and utterly different. It is about, it really, truly is about Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, it's not just like a, but it's like why people like Jesse disappear. I am filming, we've, we've already filmed a lot, but I'm going to be on every continent in the world. We're filming, we're going to choose one person from each continent. I've already done two continents. And it's about their Jesse. And if I have a, a Russian kid already that we've already done, it will just, it's going to blow your mind. When he talks about his life and how, like, he just decided to just disappear. And, and then you, and then we're, and we're talking, we're, we're taking Nightmare Comes from the beginning to now through the resurrection of, quote, unquote, me into the public eye again and how society's completely sort of changed. My niece is like, I just, you know, can't believe, like, hey, that would be a big deal. I mean, my best friends are gay. And I'm like, well, you know, you're a boy either. So, no, you're not. Yeah, for some reason, it's okay when girls are in society. Right, right. Yeah, and and also, it's okay with girls. You know what I mean? Yeah. It happens between boys as a totally different thing. So, so anyway, that's what the documentary's about. It's very, it's very wild. And when's the uh, release date? What do you have in mind? We have, uh, I think we have another six months to, seriously to, uh, to, to complete the, the filming of what we, what we need to get. Mm-hmm. I'm going to jump ahead of you, and I know you've probably, we've gone on a lot longer than you anticipated. Uh, it's been great. It's been a really great, really great interview. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, I am going to, I start filming a movie in September. Yeah, Noche or something, right? Yes, it's called Noche. And it's, uh, I started filming it on September 19th. It is, was written for me uh, when I wasn't in the business. The person had loved Nightmare on Elm Street 2, and the movie is basically about a guy who can't go to sleep, but, and he is, you know, he becomes insane. Uh, it's a thriller. It's the first part filmed in Berlin. He runs from Berlin to Bosnia. And it's a small town in Bosnia. And it's his path that's following him. But it becomes, it's very dark. It's very, uh, it's very scary, the script. Um, it's very small. 
And it's so weird because the people are like, they can't believe I'm doing it. I mean, they absolutely cannot believe I'm, I'm, I'm making this movie. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we signed the contract and they gave me money and it's all done. Wow. And, uh, you know, and, and, it, and, it's, and it's so strange to me that I would run away. That's why I'm a, kind of a strong believer in fate or whatever. I ran away. I made myself very, very difficult to find. And I moved to a small town in Mexico where I work with poor people and artists. So, and my entry back into the world of the cinema, it, it came to me here. And somebody just served it up to me on a silver platter. So I think I would be stupid. Uh, and I think I would be not grateful kind of person if I didn't just go ahead and do that movie. Like, when I met the guy, they were like, I can't believe this is happening, you know? And I was like, you know what, on a certain level, I can't believe it's happening either. <laughs> but it is happening. And, you know, like in two weeks, I'm going to Indianapolis. And, and I can't believe, you know, something I did 20 years ago. You and I are sitting here halfway around the world from each other having this conversation. But it's happening. And, it's, you know, and it's, and it's all gathering steam. So, Dude, I, I can't believe it. Like, I, I, like, sometimes I was sitting here, I'm like, I can't believe I'm, I'm just envisioning you through the scenes of this movie, and I'm like, I, I'm talking to this guy. It's like, have, my voice is very distinct, isn't it? I mean, yeah. most people recognize me by my voice. Uh, and and, and, and I'm also, I, I've lost 20 pounds since uh, Never Speak Again. Oh, wow. But, um, you know, well, first of all, I didn't know I gained 20 pounds. <laughs> It's not happening, right? It just sort of happens in life. And, you know, and it's like, and I, and I hadn't certainly been on camera in a long time. And boy, I, you know, I mean, those first photos that they shot out, you know, me and Heather together, I was like, oh my God, who is that person? That, is, that can't be me. So anyway, I lost a lot of weight. And I look, amazingly, I just like, sort of shed something and I look, you know, like myself. And uh, yeah, so it's fun. So when people see me at the conventions, they're like, everybody's like, oh my God. He's back. You're, you're back. Yes, that's exactly it. And I am back. Well, he's back. So everybody look for Mark Patton at the conventions he spoke of and for Noche, and there is no Jesse. I just want to thank you so much for coming on. It was a really great interview and really great talking to you. Oh, well, thank you so much. You know, I had a blast. And uh, I will say this before I go. It's a total pleasure. It was and great, man. I, I like you. And thank you for asking me to do this. I killed him. I killed him. Jesse, my God, you're hurt. What happened? I, I killed Grady. I killed Grady. Lisa, I killed Snyder. Oh, my God. I'm so scared. Jesse, what are you talking about? He's inside me. I'm scared. Jesse, who is doing this to you? Fred Krueger! He's inside me, and he wants to take me again! No, no. Jesse, Jesse, this is not happening. It's, it's gotta be everything you've taken in. Uh, Schneider, the, the diary, the glove. Only it's all mixed Christ, what do I have to do to make you understand me? Last night he tried to make me kill my sister. I got blood on my hands. He owns me. 
Yep, that and the other line when um, the situation in the Bronx Tale when he's all about the Yankees and all that situation shit. Situation was in the, was uh, in the Bronx Tale. Yeah, is this what year? No, was not this again. <laughs> Fucking Jersey Boys. Here we go. <laughs> Fucking the situation was in Bronx Tale. What the fuck are you talking about? Dude? Imagine that. No, no. I know it's about Italians, but Jesus Christ, oh, it's going too far. Him. No, there was. <laughs> There was a situation in the Bronx Tale when he was all about the Yankees and this and that, and then he told him when he was a kid. He goes, you think that they give a fuck about you, the New York? I forgot exactly what it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where they pay your rent and shit like that? Yeah, that is exactly my father's attitude about all kinds of shit. It's like, and once again, I heard that this type of morality from my father before Bronx Tale come out. It's just like old school Italian way of thinking. He said that to me, that they give a fuck about you. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. I love that shit, and I love that mentality. Well, it it's makes so true. it makes fucking sense, man. And right. there, those there were there, there, those were hardworking guys. Like I'm sure your dad was a hard worker, you know? yeah. And he doesn't have time to be devoting time to bullshit. Well, <laughs> here's the thing. That's what got me in trouble. That mentality got me in trouble with the with the Rob Zombie, fucking a guy net worth forty million dollars, and he's asking basically fucking broke-ass people to crowdfund his fucking new movie. And, you know, Dave made it vocal that he doesn't agree with me. Um, And, you know, as I'm listening to you, Dave, and I'm not flip-flopping here in a small way, because basically if he asked for $500 and you're getting a lifetime, I, I don't know if you're right or not, but if you're getting a lifetime ticket membership or some shit to every one of his concerts for the rest of his life, for five hundred dollars, then he retires. <laughs> but I don't know if you'll be the eighteen thousand guy in the back. I don't know where these tickets are. I don't know if they're front row, whatever the fuck. But what I'm saying is, if you're getting uh, like things like that in compensation, that's totally cool. Yeah, some were good, some weren't so good. Well, so one was, you know, I will follow you on Twitter. It's like that's what we said. Break. Yeah, three hundred dollars. Jason said something to us today. He said that somehow if – if let's say – like for example, the only Twitter I have is the Banana Laser Show one. I don't have my own Twitter. I just have that. So I mentioned it on the bites that we did yesterday. What if we – could that be free – not free, but could that be advertising for the show? Can we do things where it would be seen on, on Rob Zombie's timeline where people will say, hey, look at this, Banana Laser, what's this? And then <laughs> one thing leads to another. Yeah, and I said please write the word horror podcast on every one of your posts. Right, of course, right. <laughs> but still, Alex, Jason said something about there was a way that it would work where we could get exposure because of that. So yeah. in certain cases, that could be worth the money. If he's following you and you uh, tag him, whatever the fuck it's called on there, you know, right. with the at symbol, then people who follow him can see it. That's true. Okay. Now, how about this? Zach Braff and Spike Lee did the same thing. Crowdfunding campaign. Yeah. So... It isn't that odd. I, I don't agree with any of it. Sorry. You have 40 million fucking dollars and your wife, you hooked her up with the most lucrative little fucking deals every time she acted in every one of your goddamn movies, which were up to like six by now. 
I just don't understand how somebody with that much money, and he's he's going to be dead soon. That guy's like 50, right? <laughs> Can't 40 million last you 20 years or whatever? Nobody wants to put up their own money if they don't have to. Usually the studio bet. Look at look what Hitchcock did with Psycho. You think he, he put up his house. Yes, he didn't want yeah, but to. but he didn't have 40 million, though. This guy has 40 fucking million dollars. And to, to film a fucking clown running around killing people, how much does that really take? Come on. You're going to tell me he's going to put more than 1 million? Okay, okay, let's just be realistic. 6 million. Okay, I know that seems like a big chunk out of his thing, but let's put it this way, dude. Seriously, fucking put it this way. Let's just say you and your wife have, let's just say you have $20,000 saved up, right? And, and believe it, and you can't even compare forty million to twenty thousand, right? So let's just say you still have twenty thousand saved up in your bank, and you want to make a movie. Would you be willing to put four, three or four thousand dollars into the movie? Of course. Okay. So why don't he? Because he's going to end up doing that. How much do you think he's actually going to get? Out of these fucking jabronis that are putting 300 here, 500 there. So why fucking bother? Why bother with the bullshit? Why send shit out, sign this, send... Who, who'd, who'd want to waste their time with that, though? What a, did you listen to what I said on the bites for $50? I might fall asleep at that part. Okay, it's fine. Fall asleep by you want, but listen. <laughs> for $50, he's giving people autographed copies of 31 when it drops. If you were to go to a convention, that's what you would pay. He doesn't do conventions. For $15, you're getting a keychain and a fucking coaster. and some, These are things that you could buy if you wanted to go to, let's say, Rob Zombie's website. What's the point? Why is he even bothering, though? That's the other question. Now, because if you're buying these things, not only do you get the merch that you wanted to buy anyway, because it's 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 the price you'd pay anyway, you're also getting the feeling that you are contributing to the fucking cause of the movie. Feeling. Why not? I think about it. Wouldn't you like, don't you think it's nice Am to... Am I going to get any of those dividends when that movie makes a ton of money and, and, and the cash starts rolling in? Fuck no. No. But I got a keychain, motherfucker. Yeah, you got a keychain, but guess what? Rob Zombie just made just made uh, fucking uh, $12 million because you funded his shit, and you got a fucking keychain. You know, when 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 you do fucking investments and shit, Dave, in, in real life, and you put investors, investors, when they do shit like that, they ain't doing that because they're nice people. They're doing that because they want, they want shit back. They want to... Put they want to give you five thousand or ten thousand or thirty, and they want seventy back. There's just a, there's a few ways to look at it, I think, and I don't think in the grand scheme of things it matters. It's not that much money. People are not going to put that much money down, and it's like anything else that you crowdfund. Why does this have to be any different? Just because it's Rob Zombie? Do you motherfuck Spike Lee and Zach Braff too? Because they sure didn't? fuck yeah. Spike Lee. Sure. Well, I am so- more apt to fund an independent, and I do. I actually fund quite a few. I funded quite a few independent projects, but it's because they had they don't have the resources to get big funders and investors like famous people. Yeah, do. but you know what? People don't want to fund. Look what happened last. Well, time. then what does that tell you? If you can't find investors, and you already are Rob Zombie, right? And you can't find in like big time investors to give you money. Maybe there's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah, Lords of Salem. No, That's kidding. unfair to say. Okay, Jamie, you like Lords of Salem, correct? I did, yes, I but did. But it's not okay. for everybody, and Jamie knows that. You can't make fucking movies that are for 2% of the correct. fucking public. What the fuck kind of shit is that? Nobody wants to invest in that. This fucking movie's not for everyone either, obviously, but 
He lost a million dollars on Lords of Salem. The, the fucking movie lost money, but I'm damn glad the movie was made. Why make the same mistake twice? People aren't going to invest. He doesn't want any involvement from the studio. Why not do it this way and see what you can get? And like I said, at the end of the day, what's he going to get at the most? Ten grand out of fucking, let's say, what you said, six million? That ain't dick. What's the point? Yeah, number one, what's the point? It's stupid to even bother with this, number one. what You're not going to get enough to make it worth your while to even waste your time sending fucking keychains to people. It's just stupid, dude. And, you know, like, like I don't know. I think you should just have on his website. Fuck it. Why not just have on your website, here, buy the movie with my autograph on it for $50? Like, why even the crowdfunding shit, dude? Dip in your own shit. Believe in yourself. Spend your own money since so, I, I guess nobody's willing to inv- I, I don't even know why this is happening. What's wrong with the guy? Is nobody willing to bank on this guy? He doesn't want their involvement. He didn't want their involvement with Lord of Salem either because the shit that he makes isn't the type of movie that comes to the theaters. That's why Lord of Salem was such a limited run. You know what so I'm saying? So then, you know, if you want to do that, what's wrong with saying just do like straight up pre-ordering? Pre-order this DVD right now. And then, but you know, up the price a little bit, like say, so $27. make it sure. <laughs> and, That's it. and then, you know, so all you're doing really is in pre-ordering a movie that if you're a fan, you would buy anyway. Right. You know, to me that, that makes more sense. Yeah, that could work too. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not disputing that. <laughs> okay, Dave, I'll tell you what, it comes off weird that a guy who has more money than we'll make if we live to be. 362 that he needs us who who people who make $25,000 a year people who make 60 if you're fucking lucky in this day and age people who make uh, $49,000 a year we got to give him our fucking money dude like what the haven't we given you enough that you acquired 40 fucking million like why do we have to give you more money you didn't even do anything yet. You're missing the point that the studio usually pays for it. The director does not pay for it. All right, but he has enough to pay for it right now. He has enough that he could he could be secure in the idea that if he gives six million dollars of his forty, he doesn't even need a he don't need the less thirty of it. He doesn't need thirty of his million dollars. So why not just put six into something that's guaranteed to make that back? Why is it guaranteed to make anything back? He lost money on Lords of Salem. He'll probably lose money on this. Because that was too fucking weird. Now you're just doing this a regular... This is probably s- the same thing, though. You think it's going to be regular? If it was regular, I think that the studios would, would be jumping at it. I don't know. I don't know either. I just, you know, fucking... I, I, guess I don't think it's hurting is, anyone. If, if, I mean, it's not, because he's not forcing anyone to do anything. If you want to, If you want to help him crowdfund his film... Then you can. If you don't want to, you don't have to. You know, so he's not. Well, no one's hurt, saying you know. that. No one's forcing that. So you know, it's totally your choice to do it or not. And I guess that's fine. He's putting it out there, and then you can choose to or not. But you know, so in the end, he's not really hurting anyone. It just, it's just, you know, I don't know. Pretty soon, it's just like I don't know. I feel like everything is going to be this way before yeah. you know it. Okay, you know? let's put it and this it's... way, Dave. Yeah. If a guy with forty million has to crowdfund, what the fuck does that say for for Robert Russler who wants two million dollars to make a movie and he puts up an Indiegogo or some shit? Kickstarter. What does that say? Like at at some point we're you're letting us know that you don't even need this, but you just want us to fucking pay your shit. 
Well, look, the movie's going to be made regardless. No matter what happens, the movie's going to be made. And basically, it's like a sale for things that are going to be sold anyway. So why not, instead of it lining the pocket of whoever, it goes directly to the fund of the movie. Why not? You know, I mean, like, he's selling a t-shirt. It's just not normal. Dude, we don't normally pay people to make movies. That's just not normal. Like, there's a billion movies getting made every year. And I'm not, I don't have to pay you to do that. That's your shit. You handle your shit. Like, like my girlfriend owns a dance studio. It, you got your own shit. If you want to work for somebody, then you get paid by them. If you want to open up your own business, then you pay your rent. And you pay whatever costs you got to do to open that business. That's your fucking problem. It's not anybody else's problem. It's just ridiculous to ask somebody else to pay for something you're doing. How is that my problem? I got my own bills to pay. Yeah, fuck, we all do, absolutely. And I'm not funding anything. But I'll tell you what, if I wanted to buy a $20 fucking 31 iPhone case, I could do it if I want one. You know, because you can get them and you can only get them in, in this opportunity. So what's the difference? Let's say I want one, I'm going to buy it. What's the difference where the money's going to go? What do you mean, iPhone way, case? What do you mean? It's going to a corporation. That's what I'm saying. It, it, he's got little things like that on there, you know, uh, T-shirts, art cases, fucking, you know, DVDs, Blu-rays signed, shit like that, hoodies. It's just stuff that all movies sell for anyway. Anytime a movie comes out, you see the merch being sold on, on the site, and who gets that money? The studio, you know, and whatever percentage uh, the director might get. Who even knows? But in this case, you know that this is going directly to funding the film. That's why I don't see it as being bad. I'm more into the Hitchcock way of thinking. If you believe in shit, then you put your own shit up. You know? And Rob Zobby is far more wealthy than, than Hitchcock or fucking Alfred Hitchcock. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's far more wealthy than that. Alfred Hitchcock put his house up. Rob Zombie won't even go near the house. He'll be at the fucking top of the crop, skimming off the top of his... He makes more money in interest... Then you will, he'll make more money in a week and interest of $40 million than you'll make in three years of working. And you're going to give him your fucking money. So what's worse, buying a $40 fucking Criterion Blu-ray or fucking buying a $20 DVD from 31 and having the money invest the film? It's the same shit. The only thing I think is worth it is if you buy the DVD or a dead. I I obviously want a Blu-ray. I don't, we're not living in nineteen ninety-seven, but it's sixty dollars for the Blu-ray. That's what okay. I'm... Okay, so I, I imagine an, an director's autograph would cost uh, forty dollars. Because sure, why not? Yeah, losers are are charging thirty now. Right. Exactly. Go to a fucking convention. But you get to meet them, number one. You get a picture with them, number two. You know, there's different things to this. But, okay, let's just say, I think the only worthwhile thing here is if he's charging, let's say, $50 for an autographed Blu-ray. That's it. Because you're still getting the movie, and you're getting an autograph. That's it. Right. You know, I don't know. No, Harry, I think we just have a difference in opinion on the motivation. I don't yeah. think the motivation is, is in particular greed. I think, obviously, it's helping them. But I think it's also something where the fans are involved and, you know, this is where they're getting the merchandise. And in the end, they can say they, you know. Can you get an unautographed Blu-ray for a cheaper price? Is it, I, I don't actually know. I haven't paid attention to what the perks are. But is there – because I wouldn't pay $60 for an autographed Blu-ray. I'm not interested. I don't care. I agree. Neither <laughs> would I. So, like, I so that's not an option that I would choose – Regardless, but now if there was a 
thirty dollar. No, that's I don't even. I wouldn't even pay that. But if there's like a twenty, maybe twenty five dollar Blu-ray, if I know that the money is going toward the film, I might be willing to do that. But um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pay sixty bucks just because it, his autograph is on it. I don't care. <laughs> well, I, I, do. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't give a shit about autographs. That's just. Right, That's neither do just, I. I just don't happen to care about that, you know? And I don't happen to have an extra 60 bucks laying around all the time that I can just throw at something that I wouldn't have, a, in, that I wouldn't want otherwise, you know? Right, right. So, I don't know. I mean, if I it was you. something that I'd be buying anyway, like, I totally get that. And that's why I say just a flat out, like, a straight up pre-order. I don't, I don't have $60 to throw at a pre-order, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so. Yeah, it's ridiculous, because he wrote, and God, you know, you've seen this shit in, in, in movies and fucking reality shit, like, they hand it to everybody sitting in the back of the fucking limo, and they're all signing it, and they're saying it's Rob Zombie, you know what I mean, like, who the fuck knows? This is true. Uh, the obvious question is, why are you crowdfunding? Why are you doing this? You've made other movies with studios. You've never done it before. And it kind of goes back to what I've... I mean, it's a question I ask myself, too. But, you know, as the years go on, the game changes all the time. In a movie that you could get made years ago, you cannot get made anymore because the business changes, things change. And I've noticed that there's also a lot of aspects of the crowdfunding that was sort of taking place already where, you know, people always want to buy props or own a piece of the movie or somehow be involved after the fact, whereas after the fact, there's not that much to be involved with. So what I liked about crowdfunding, because it wasn't something I, you know, I, like most people, it's new to them, is I thought, well, this is a way to get the movie, a movie made that you know the fans want, that studios are a little iffy on, and they can be involved too, in a way that is a way that they would like to be involved through, you know, things that have gone on in the past that I've that I've um, noticed. So it seems sort of like a logical progression for a film like this because this is the type of stuff people always say. Well, why don't you make movies like this? Why don't you make movies like that? And I always say because no one will give you the money to make movies like that anymore. I mean, the business changes. Like I, you know, going back to Devil's Rejects, nobody would give me the money to make that movie now. Because that's got to be the most frequently asked question. So that's why, at some point, you know, you you end up in this scenario. Because if you want to do stuff outside the system, you got to function outside the system. Well, Charlie Bones, about 15 years ago, one night he finished dinner and uh, he excused himself from the table. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, so uh, then he went outside and got himself a hacksaw. Old Charlie Bowles, about 15 years ago. One night he, he finished dinner and he, he excused himself from the table and he went out to the garage and he got himself a hacksaw. Hey guys, this is Alex Aronson, creator and writer of Sting the Movie, and you guys are listening to The Skeleton Crew. Now we're reviewing Let the Right One In, 2008. This movie starring Carr, Hedtib Brandt, Chloe Mortez, Per Rat... No, I'm just kidding. What? <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Lena Leanderson, and the, all these other people are, like, really foreign, so you're not going to know any of them, so... Wait, so you said Chloe. Chloe's not in... No, it was a joke. I said just kidding. Oh, 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 Mortez. <laughs> 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 the remake, man. Yeah, man. No, this is the original... 
Yeah. Remake the storyline. Oscar, a bullied 12-year-old, dreams of revenge. He falls in love with Ellie, a peculiar girl. She can't stand the sun or food and comes into the room she needs to be in... Vin- I ain't doing with you, Daddy. I know, right? <laughs> I ain't doing with you, Is that your Swedish accent? <laughs> <laughs> in, oh, she needs to be invited. Oscar gives... She gives... Eli gives Oscar... <laughs> I, I can't concentrate when I'm trying to do the accent. <laughs> Eli gives Oscar the strength to hit back, but when he realizes... Now I'm an Indian. <laughs> for Dr. Evil. <laughs> When he realizes that Eli needs to drink other people's blood to live, his face with a choice. How much can he love forgive? Wait, how much love? How much can love forgive? Set in Stockholm suburb of Blackburg and eight. All I want is sharks with fucking lasers attached to the freaking heads. 1982. This takes place. So that's it. Okay. Now, Dave, you have said on Banana Bites, I believe. Banana Bites. This movie, Let the Right One In, is your all time favorite vampire movie ever. Oh, please. Yes, and I stand behind it. Oh, please. Of course it is. Okay. Oh, yeah. You know why? Because that's I... what it says on the cover. What? <laughs> I don't love when people up. do that. They stole that shit from me. I saw it's that a, movie. It's a classic masterpiece, Rolling Stone. Oh, I mean, Dave Z. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> someday, someday we'll have those, those props. What we say will be on fucking Blu ray covers. Yeah. Hey, ours was one time. That oh, I that's do. right. What was it? Skeletal Who said something on. Uh, what was that? You're right. What's it called? No One Better Gets Out Alive or something? No one here gets... Okay. So why yeah. is this your favorite vampire movie ever? How how could you possibly... And I'm not saying this in a mean way. I'm just asking. No, no. How I, could you possibly put this above, like, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, even? Or the Hammer Draculas? Or Son of Dracula? Or Lost Boys? Or Twilight? Okay. He said Twilight! He said Twilight! Twilight. Night. <laughs> okay, you know what? Here's the deal. He said ice cream. <laughs> I'm not very much into the vampire genre. I'm, it's just it, because to me there just hasn't been that many that have impressed me. I confess, uh, the Hammer movies just—I'm going to give them a second chance now that I'm older. But when I was younger, I tried to watch them, and it was just too much dialogue. It just fucking bored me. Me too. I hate the the vampires. I'm not going to say I hate it. I do. I respect Christopher Lee and, and Peter Cushing and all that. I really do. And the, the sets, they look nice. They and everything. Do look I think nice. now, yeah, now I can appreciate it that I'm older. And I will go back and watch them. Maybe a year from now, I'll say, oh, geez, well, what the? I didn't know what I was missing. But at right. this point, because I kind of blew off the, the hammer stuff and... You know, yeah, you, you're a big fan of the. You guys all are. The original Dracula, in, in a matter of speaking. Uh, they did the review. Well, you like the classic Universal uh, fucking. I prefer Lugos. the Spanish Dracula over the real Dracula. I mean, over the Lugosi Dracula. But. Yeah, we, we kind of trashed that. I just yeah, saw but that's that. what I'm saying. So you trashed that. Okay, so let's cast Dracula aside. I respect it for what it is in Lugosi. Okay, whatever. And the hammer, I explained why. There isn't a whole hell of a lot. Fright Night. Uh, yeah, that was a good movie. Nah, that wasn't that good. No, it wasn't. Okay, but I mean... This is- <laughs> I, I love, love Fright Night, and you guys can suck it. No, but it's... Yeah, it's, it's different, though. How about Lost Boys? Okay, here it is. Here's Lost Boys. This is a fucking... This is a fine, 
fucking film got the right one in. Comparing Lost Boys to this is like comparing, and I'm not dissing the Lost Boys, but it's like comparing fucking the Goonies to Suspiria. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not knocking any of those four movies. I love the Goonies. I love the Lost Boys, but they're not fucking on the level of a Suspiria or a, a Let the Right One In. To me, these are just fucking fine films all around. It's just a different level of enjoyment. Mm-hmm. I got you, bro. Did you, see, did you see Kiss of the Damned? Oh, was that the one with, um... No, that was Embrace of the Vampire. No, I did not see Kiss of the <laughs> Yeah, very different. Um, Embrace of the Vampire, oh, Jesus. Kiss of, Kiss of the Damned came out. Uh, it was actually my number one movie for last year. That's the one I was meaning to ask because I... Okay, I'm gonna watch it. Thank you. So good. I, I rec. If you enjoy this film, and then I think you will really love Kiss of the Damned. Right on. Well, I'll check it out. Do you ever see the Midnight Sun? Oh, uh, what are you talking about? Twilight Zone? Oh wow. No, it's a, there's actually. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, there's a movie called The Midnight or just Midnight Sun, not the. I don't know. It's like a 2011 indie horror movie we reviewed it um on the same show that we interviewed john amplaz on the midnight sun i have not seen it it's a good movie. oh jimmy you would love it dude it's it's kind of a um a realistic take on it and how he how he retrieves the blood um he meets a dude and, and pays him because uh, he works at a hospital so we just you know he's got to deal with them going on everybody's got their thing man yeah, you remember that, that? Yeah, I love that movie. It's a great, great vampire flick. I still have it, Dave, if you want to see it. Oh, wait. Dave. This is the Skeleton Crew episode, and I can't remember this happening? Is what you're talking oh, about? like this has never happened before, Dave. Oh, it just slipped my mind. I'm the biggest you know what, Dave? fan ever. I wasn't, I wasn't on that episode, so it's perfectly understandable. Oh, God. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> the crew didn't start till 30, oh, no, till 41. <laughs> right? But I know I've heard every fucking show twice. <laughs> I know that for a fact. How come I don't remember the Midnight Sun? Alex, what was, sure the name what was that episode called? John Amplis basking in the Midnight Sun. I told him it is. I was like, really? I'm sure I made some witty title for it. Let me say, Mister in the Sun. Oh, oh, oh! It is a witty title because I, I actually stole. This, it's not witty, but I stole this from uh, Scooby Doo. One of my favorite episodes of Scooby Doo. I, I decided to title this Vampires, Bats, and Scary Cats. Oh, that was October of the first year, wasn't it? Wasn't oh, it no, October? this is in the summertime, man. The That's when Dave heard it, though. Yeah, you heard it in October. <laughs> I definitely heard it, yeah. Huh? What was it like? Was it in the teens? 27. It came out August 11, 2012. Okay, well, I'm, well, I'm listening to that shit tomorrow, just because... Well, no, 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 don't. You should watch the movie. It, it, uh, we, it's, I think it's a spoiler review, yeah. Okay, so Midnight Sun is what it's... Yeah, I'll send it to you. I mean, I'll I'll buy it for you. Hey, oh, brother. Midnight if, Sun, Kiss of the Dam. this is your favorite, dude, you, then, then definitely check that one out. I don't think it'll, it'll, it'll fucking match, um... By the way, but it's definitely close, bro. It's one of those fucking low-budget indie fl- flicks that's really done well, and it's a great story, and I think it's right up your alley, especially if this is your favorite vampire movie. I'm down, man. Well, listen, yeah. if I can surpass it, I'll be happy. Yeah, of course I want to have something that good. If Hell not yeah. Better. Yeah, I don't think it'll surpass, but definitely. What, what, what is your guy's favorite fucking vampire movie? Let's hear uh, this. Dan also. Okay, there yep. you go. Oh, yeah, brother. Get the fuck out of here. You never mentioned that once. Are you kidding me? I I, never asked him. Did the movie just die? 
Is that why you're sitting there now? The director fucking died, dude. <laughs> this movie died. It's the greatest vampire movie ever. Uh, no, I, it, to me, it's my favorite. Um, what else is beyond it? See, the only thing that matches it for me is 30 Days a Night, which I think is some of the creepiest fucking vampires on screen, dude. Yeah, and, I'm, I agree with that. I love the fact that those vampires are animalistic and just, I mean, they were raw. And that's what, yeah. Yeah. The Vampire Hunter yeah, the movie kind of felt a little flat, I thought. I think Stakeland was yeah. a better movie, if you want to Stakeland is so good. I love Stakeland. Stakeland's up there. Now, Alex, what's your favorite vampire movie? I don't know. I never thought about it. I'm not into vampires, really, so... Yeah. Well, you like Lost Boys, though, so that's Well, you know what? It. I don't think that that's that amazing, though. I, I liked it a lot the second time, uh, third time, a lot. That was the last time I saw it, but... Well, we're talking about our favorites, though, aren't we? The best favorite. It's all fucking in the eye of the beholder, I guess. But I'm. I like the Bram Stoker remake one with Keanu Reeves. It's a typical answer, but. Is Gary Oldman in that one? Yeah, and I thought it was good. Uh, I never I saw watched it. it. I confess. Yeah, I've never seen it. You never yeah. seen it? Never to no! It's really good. You should watch it. Um, and uh, I like Son of Dracula, 1943. It's probably one of my favorites ever. That was fun, yeah. I like it. I don't know. I'm. I'm just. I don't know. Maybe Midnight Sun. I guess. I don't know. What about you, Jamie? Is it Kiss of the Damned? It's Kiss of the Damned. Yeah, that oh. film redefines really? what vampires should be about. I think it was. It's no smart. Shit. It's it's well written. It's beautiful, and I don't mean like <laughs> Stitch is beautiful. I don't mean that. I mean. <laughs> I mean it's beautifully done. It's. Uh, it's, it's shut up, just shut up. Um, uh, <laughs> it, and it's sexy as hell too. I mean, really. Sexy. Ooh, yeah, baby. Let's get those condoms out. Now, you know what I think Jamie's favorite vampire movie is? The one with the guy from Nine Hundred Two and O, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Well, you know, I do actually really like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but it's not my favorite by far. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot Luke Perry. Luke Perry and fucking um Christina Swanson. Yes. Oh, Samsonite. <laughs> I've never watched the show ever. Buffy so, such I a good show, it. dude. What, nine hundred two one oh? Yeah. Perry was in it, that's why I watched it. Pretty much, yeah. Oh no, it's a it's a great show, dude. It's one of those shows that um if you are a fan of like the Avengers and shit, uh, like do you like if you like that and uh what else has he done? I think Firefly, I believe, which I never saw. Not a lot, but uh, he did Cabin in the Woods. I mean, he wrote that. So you can get that kind of wit. Oh, Josh Wheaton is that him? Yeah. 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 Okay. He's a genius, I think. I thought Josh Wheaton's the guy who played the Terminator in the newest Terminator. <laughs> no. Well, maybe Josh Whedon did, but Joss Whedon is who we're talking about. What about Will? <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Alex. <laughs> Dude, oh my god, I watched the... And it had um... Sandra Melissa Gilmore, right? Is it... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Michelle Trachtenberg. No, she actually really is in it. Did uh, Darren Bowsman direct it? Yes, he did. Exactly. Brother's Day. Good. Joss Whedon, right? Okay, he's fucking... I think he's great. He, he he did Avengers. He directed it. I think Avengers is a great fucking movie. The comedy in it. I mean, it's great. Whatever. This and that. The other thing. It's reflected in Buffy like ten times, tenfold. But I came across... Please, everybody look this up. Maybe I'll even post it. Uh, it's on YouTube. It's the unaired CW version of Wonder Woman. 
Oh <laughs> my. Dude, this was a few years ago, dude. They tried to get Wonder Woman off the ground. It is the biggest piece of shit you've ever seen, dude. I it read the script so- for that, and it was terrible. Really bad. Yeah. Dude, it's uh, the whole episode, Dave, is on YouTube. I will send it to you guys. Now, here's the thing, though. The, the, the Wonder Woman? How do we always get to superhero talk? Because <laughs> Jesus Christ. Christ. it's so ridiculous, dude. It's so ridiculous. Anyways. Um, so I guess we'll get to let the right one in then. So Let's do that. Yeah. I mean, 15 minutes in, I guess we should stop asking Dave why he likes it. And... Might as well, right? <laughs> hey, we mentioned some good vampire flicks, though, dude. I mean, those are pretty much the top ones. I mean, are we missing any? I mean, you know, New Moon. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, uh, Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2 was really good. That's what I'm saying. Like a... <laughs> New Moon, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Twilight, don't you think, though, like the Lost Boys... Kind of falls into the the same category as like these. Do you know what I'm Yeah, because Corey Feldman's in it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just that type of fun though. I mean, yeah. Brandon, what's his name? Is fucking badass. He steals the show. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> yeah, steals the fucking show. <laughs> badass vampire. One of the best performances ever of a vampire. Coming yeah. back in May, baby. Jack Bauer. Oh boy. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Jack Bauer. But anyway, now I'm done. Right. Lost boys. your enthusiasm. This girl moves in to this weird, like, apartment-type place. This blonde kid gets bullied at school. Uh, then the first thing you see is this man kills and drains a kid in, in the park or something in complete light, upside down, hanging in a tree while people are walking around, dogs are running around, and this guy's, like, gutting a kid right in public. Well, it's not light. He, it, it was pretty bright out. He kidnaps the guy. <laughs> hold on, hold on. You can see what's going on. Hold yeah. up. When, <laughs> when the scene begins, the guy is walking and the other guy is there and he asks him, he says, uh, do you have the time? And he says, no, I don't have a watch. And then the guy says, oh, that's have so this. creepy. And he has chloroform shit. And then he knocks him out. At oh. that point in the movie, it's light. Then the scene cuts. Oh, and then yeah. the work, And then it's dark. So it I is dark, but there are street lamps. There, yeah. and he's yeah. out in the woods in the snow, which means <laughs> that it's going to be bright because it's in the snow. Right. Like even in the dead of night, if there's snow on the ground, you can typically see what's going on. Plus, if you're watching that scene where he is like hanging him upside down, slicing his throat, like he's, oh. I guess he's like he needs kosher blood. Um, he's a, <laughs> you can see the uh, you can see cars. He killed a Jew. You could, no, I was just, I was just kidding. Like you know, if a rabbi were to kill him, it was, it was a joke. Um, I you, you can, you can see cars driving by in the distance. Right, and there's people walking through these woods. It can't be that late. Did not, I don't do think it's think? daytime. I think it's the evening. No, it's not daytime. It's it's right. just um, he just doesn't try. I I think it's kind of odd that he doesn't try very hard to go to a very secluded place. You know, it's yeah, it's it's, it's kind of an active place. Yeah, and that is that is that is actually explained because exactly. he ends up having to abandon the project. Exactly, yeah, because no, it was urgency. He Jamie. was there because it was a matter of urgency. It he was, was just right. yeah. in. and yeah, that's he, the thing, right? Right. Like, that's what feed. I was going to say, Dave. Good yeah. call, bro. Yeah, she needed to feed. They just gone through yeah. the trip and everything else, and you know, remember how pissed she gets when he gets back and it's botched and she's fucking yelling at him in that deep voice. I it's wouldn't want that bitch knowing that. You know? She yeah. really needed to feed, so the dude just had to do what he had to do. But I think what we get throughout the film is that as as it goes along, 
he is losing his touch. That's it. He's becoming you know? more desperate. I mean, he's he's getting too old for this shit. <laughs> Danny Glover. Yep. <laughs> and uh, it's it's you can see that. I mean, he's been with her for a very long time doing this, and you imagine that he was better at it back in the day. But he's he's beginning to lose his touch, and I think I mean I think there's not well, just that it's physically demanding on him, and he's getting old, but it's it's also it's disheartening to him. I think he's getting to the point where he just can't really do it anymore. You know, like and that's reflected in the second one too, Jamie. You know, technically he does better on this one than he does the other one. With the fucking kid in the locker room, so it's it's indicative of that he's losing. <laughs> oh, totally, yeah, exactly. But it's just indicative of him losing his touch, and it's it's very clear that that whether he succeeds the first time or vice versa, whatever, it's he's losing his shit, dude. He, he's not the fucking you know spry young man he used to be. And like I said, don't they make him the boyfriend in uh, in the book or or something like that? They made him the next no. boyfriend or or no. no? Nope. No. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I'll tell you if you want me to talk, talk about it. I will. If not, well, I heard he was a child molester, but I also heard that yes. he was a fucking uh, old boyfriend of hers and and something like that. So. No, it, it's based upon the book, and in the book, he was a pedophile. Mm-hmm. Okay, so oh, so nothing, so I'm totally off. No, you said he was a child molester. Of course, right? But the other part, oh, I, yeah, yeah, I heard yeah. that. <laughs> I heard that somewhere. But. And basically, she just he feeds her, and basically. He's a, he he was a, he was a teacher at one point, and he had lost oh, okay. his job because oh, of, no uh, he found child pornography or something like that. Ooh. And then now that he's basically homeless, and she provides him basically with money. Basically, it's it's, it's the exchange. Where does she work? Blood. He wants more. <laughs> Where does she work? <laughs> <laughs> the fucking circus. <laughs> Wait, so that so the only reason he worked for her was money? Well, he Did also it? wants a piece too. And she basically just kind of plays it off and doesn't ever really give him anything, but just hangs hangs with him, and it's like good enough for him because he's the fucking you know because he's a pedophile. So oh, he's just happy to be there, a and b. She supports dude. him monetarily. That's fucked yeah. up, man. Right? Yeah, it is fucked up. Yeah. See, and he's also not very good at disposing of bodies, as we discover when right. um, he does when she does kill the one guy and then he goes to do cleanup after and he just sort of dumps him in the aqueduct or whatever and then and then if the they wouldn't have found him as soon as they did because he was under he was frozen under the ice um but if they hadn't been out there they wouldn't have found him but they did i still think i'm like you know you've been doing this long enough to know that's not a very good job you know but i think he was just getting to the point where he just you know is close enough for government work you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's weird. What? So, what do you guys think about how uh, you know they add mythology to the vampires? Um, not too much. Just one of them is being that she's always cold, and I think that's uh, pretty normal. I think, but then uh, that she stinks. Uh, you know, the guy doesn't want her around. He's like, "You smell? Can you get? Can you get lost? You know, the blonde kid." Yeah. Now, why is that? You guys think? He just says it the one time, right? He's like, "How can you smell funny or something?" Yeah. Right. But then he makes her take a bath later on. Why well, he doesn't make her? Take but you a know he bath. he introduces her to bathing. <laughs> yeah, she hasn't learned that in in three hundred years that you should take a bath. She just forgotten. She doesn't think about it. And, and it's not that she's cold. She's not cold. She's walking around barefoot in the fucking uh, right. Yeah, and then yeah. she even asked him. He even says something at one at one point. I think he asks her. He goes, "Aren't you cold?" And she and her response is, I, "I've forgotten how to be." I like think. That. Well, oh, I, I yeah. presumed Alex Good was meaning cold to the touch, but um, right. <clears throat> like, oh yeah, when she climbed into bed with him, 
Right. But um, well, even it's you know if you imagine if you were immortal and you lived for a really long fucking time, you get to the point where you wouldn't be doing the same things that you do every single day. No, every single day. Jamie, I haven't brushed my teeth in three years, and I'm a normal guy. Uh, all right. Well, then there's that. Yeah. <laughs> well, how about this? When they had the mythology of, you know, obviously the, the, your guy, everybody loves that they answered the question, why do you have to be invited into a room? That was an awesome answer to that. But before so we even cool. get there, how about when they added mythology that uh, she can't eat anything besides blood just because she wanted to befriend this kid? She eats his candy knowing she'd get sick. Yeah. I love that, dude. Yeah. That's so great, cool. right? Yeah. So what do you guys think of the invite thing, though? I love that. Um, that's I, I, that. That is a really amazing – it goes beyond what your typical vampire film – they just tell you, well, they, they can't come in. you know. But you never have ever seen a vampire attempt to thwart that and do it anyway. Uh, and so what, sh- what we get here is her proving to him what would happen – and I love that. And I also love yeah. that he stops her. You know, I mean, he at this point right, is, right. is very displeased to discover that she is a vampire. Like it, it hurts his feelings that she it has was. to that she has to kill people to survive, yeah. and he doesn't like that. But then, when he sees that it's hurting her, and he then he stops it, and and that right there shows exactly how much he cares for her, because he doesn't, regardless of what she is, he doesn't want her to hurt. Right. And I, I love that whole – I mean just the blood starts leaking out and is just – it's, it's really kind of brutal. And it kind of makes oh, me – it makes me squirm a little bit because I'm like, oh, that's got to be fucking painful. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You can and tell. I like the kid too. I mean I understand she's a vampire, but I, I like her. Is she really had a dick? That's another myth. Yeah, what about that? Okay, so – he looks at her changing, and I don't know what you guys saw. I don't know what version is, if it's different or not. But what I saw was, like, a, a Ken doll type or a Barbie blank vagina with, like, these weird, like, <laughs> vein zigzags on it or something. I don't know. I don't know what I was looking at. It was at. a scar. It was a scar. Yeah. Yeah. It was so a, it, was a, it was a cock that used to be there? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. They go into that a little, bit, a little bit in the book. Um, yeah. They make it a little That's more clear. I heard, yeah. And what is it about, Dave? You read the book. Just that uh, he was castrated uh, upon being turned into a vampire. It was part right. of the, uh, you know, when it happened. That was one of the things that went along with it. It's in in medieval times, though, mind you, correct? It, it was two hundred years ago, I believe. Oh, that's it. If uh, I'm not I mistaken, was, I thought it was earlier. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I, I didn't no, read Dave, the book. No, Dave. No, Dave. I could be wrong. You could be wrong. No, I mean, I think you're right, Dave. I mean, I read the book too. I mean, I think, and I think that's about right. And so then th- we we get that moment like before all of that, like before he even sees what it is, and she's like, you know, would you still like me even if I wasn't a girl? No, no, he, he asks her to go steady, and she says, I'm not a girl, and he goes, that's okay, can we go anyway? <laughs> this guy's not too picky, man. He looks like a girl, too. <laughs> Why do they have a girl playing the part, though? I'm go- Well, see, that's what I like about it, though. I, see, I got a question for you now. There are a couple lines, and we just talked to, about one uh, a minute ago, too, but there are a lot of lines that, what's that, what are those words? It's like a double entendre, is that what it is? Like, it could basically mean one of two things, and, and that is, uh, it could imply that, would you like me if I was a guy, or it could imply that, would you like me if I was a vampire? That's what I thought, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, when she says that at that point, we don't know any exactly. difference. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Right. 
and that's what I'm saying about, um, you know, being cold and stuff like that. And, um... Wait, wait, what the fuck? Wait a minute. Okay, I'm lost here. So, Chloe Mortez plays this character. Clearly, like, this other girl, okay, you, it might be a feminine-looking guy, but Chloe Mortez is clearly a girl. So, what? what's with... Why do they cast a girl to play a young boy vampire? I'm not understanding that. Because in the American version, they don't touch upon that. Right. They don't right. have that scene with the castration. Correct. It's never... It's too heavy for American audiences. They don't do that. They just basically said, it's a girl, deal with it. They didn't even we touch don't do upon that, around that, that aspect. Well, and I think that but there are a lot of, in the book and in the original version of this film, there are a lot of political undertones mm-hmm. that really only play to Swedish audiences because it's about okay. Swedish politics. Gotcha. And um, the, so there are things that go on in this film that in the original version that wouldn't make sense to American right. audiences on the right. level that they're intended to make sense to Swedish audiences because it's it's allegory. And that's yeah. actually a reason that the or at least what I read about at the time was that you know that everyone was saying you know this movie was sure to be uh to be uh, to get an Oscar nod you know but it didn't. And it's because the foreign countries have to submit their films and Sweden did not submit this film because of the political undertones that is in the, that is within it. Wow. And so because oh. of that, I mean and and you know an American audience or any other audience that doesn't necessarily get what they're saying politically and I admit that like I don't I mean I have no idea what's going on with Swedish politics. But so, it's 82. You know, and That's it's 1982, right? Yeah, I mean like I don't know. Um but right. So it doesn't mean anything to me, and I don't find it offensive. But apparently right. in Sweden, some of the things that they did were considered, uh, I guess, not as much offensive as um, as undermining the government, you know, statements. Right. right. There's so much going on. There's characters, there's friendship, there's love, there's bullying, there's fucking the, right. the, the topic of uh, being fatherlessness, the situation with him and his father and everything. There's so much going on. There's characters, the adults, just... Everything the the situation now, with the bullying and the children, right. everyone involved. There's a, it's, this movie is fucking intense. And then it's, add that yeah. to it. You don't even need that, but that's just one more thing about the movie that makes it, like I said before, a fine film. And that's what this is. Even with the Rubik's cube, dude, it's an innocent yeah. thing or whatever. But knowing what you know, and she's a vampire and stuff like that, you wonder if like she's playing dumb and she's definitely seen a Rubik's cube before, and that's how she finishes it. I mean, how does she? Maybe she's just been around so long that she's actually pretty damn smart. I mean, there's vampires so many are traditionally good at puzzles. I mean, that's like <laughs> is that it? No, it's true. I mean, it's, it's, oh, it is a shit, it is dude. a it is an an aspect of vampirism that people don't often it, talk about. I know that, yeah. But like don't one you of the Dracula. Yeah, you ever see him do the crossword puzzle in the newspaper? Right. No, no, no. <laughs> like one of the bits. Four, of, uh. Like if you have okay, there's actually an episode of the X Files with a vampire, and every time they find um, a victim of this vampire, the shoelaces have been untied. And it's because it's a, if a vampire comes across something like that, they have to stop and untie the shoelaces. They can't. They can't let something go undone. So I like it's so like can't... with puzzles, they have to solve puzzles. There's like an old piece of folklore that says if you don't want a vampire to come in, then you hang a sieve over the over the keyhole, and they have to stop and count the holes in the sieve before they can then enter your house and by that time it's morning and they have to go home i mean it's just it's just <laughs> that's funny it's just that, that they 
they are traditionally and that, and that's something that's very subtle here. They don't actually come out and say, "Hey, vampires are great at puzzles." But the thing is is that they they do that sort of thing. And yeah. I'm not sure why. Like I don't know if it's just a a product of being around for so long. Well, she was up all night doing it. But well, that's true. Well, Rupert's Cube is hard, dude. It is. I, I <laughs> she, she she says it too. She's like the key is to match up the corners. Like she knew what was up. Yeah. The the scene where he's goofed up again, he tries to kidnap the kid, the basketball player. He was waiting around all night. He uh, yeah. he messes up because there's, uh, the two kids are waiting for him, so they're, you know, come back, banging on the door. So he, uh, I guess he figured the jig is up at that point. There's nowhere to go. So he just pours a bucket of acid on his face and disfigures himself so that uh, I guess he, because... I, I'm only saying this because that's what the nurse said, and usually they're doing exposition or whatever. And she said uh, he can't be identified, so I guess he was trying to hide his identity. I don't know why. I don't know what the difference would be. But, uh, like, he didn't dip his fingers in the acid, so his fingers, I guess fingerprints don't work over there? I don't... I get, yeah, you're right. I guess, I don't know. I just, uh, he figures well, if he'd that... never been, if he'd never been arrested, they wouldn't have his fingerprints. I had mine done it when I was, like, eight years old. Yeah, but this was 1982. Well, my yeah, fingerprints are nowhere on record. Oh, get out of here. You think they're not. I've Alex? never had my fingerprints done. and We didn't have Jamie, those I identification did. cards that everybody has now with your fingerprint and all right. that. We didn't do that. What? You know, And I've never been arrested. Yeah. That's, so, that's how I had it done. It was uh, I had a job, and I had to do that. Um, I had to give them my fingerprints. But, Alex, it's not on record, dude. It's not on police. Well, I was arrested, too, though. What? for? When you were eight? No. <laughs> I got them done again as an adult. So, uh, Eli, yeah, so he pours a bucket of acid on his head and he goes to the hospital and then, okay, so what do you guys think about this? This movie is like, uh, I would say highly realistic in, in ways. And then they got the over-the-top moments where she climbs up the wall to the hospital. I love that, it's dude. fucking awesome. It looks it, so cool. I think that moment is actually scary. When I, The it first is. time I saw this yeah. movie, um, and, you know, the nurse is just sort of standing out in the parking lot looking around. And then I didn't even see it full on no. at first. I just sort no. of caught it out of the corner of my eye. Mm-hmm. And I looked over, and she's scaling the wall. And I was like, oh, awesome. shit. You know? Yeah, it's creepy. <laughs> it was and really that good. Jamie, that's the best part of it, too, is I had that exact same reaction. I remember really being into the movie, but I'm sitting there, and I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? I had to rewind it, and it's brilliant. Yeah, Yeah, me too. Dude, I liked it better than the way fucking Spider-Man scales a building, dude. I thought it was... Don't don't badmouth Tobey Maguire, man. I'm not. I'm I'm just kidding, dude. He sucks. Fuck Tobey Maguire, dude. Andrew Garfield. <laughs> what do you guys dude. think of this guy's face? Was it CGI or, or good makeup? I think it's makeup, and it's fucking sweet looking. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why he did it. Fucking sweet looking. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he you, did it for us. Do you, <laughs> yeah. He put his hands in his fucking acid. That wouldn't have been a cool effect. He dumps his shit on his fucking face, his head. He oh, did a great yeah, shot right? because of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like he knew that was going to, ha- or he had a feeling that was going to happen before he left that night? Yeah, why did he have that acid with him? Because he, he, he made a point to take the jar of acid, and he also made a point to ask her not to be 
with oh with that boy with yep. uh, with Oscar that night. Yep. It was all and and it, on one hand, like at first, you get the impression yeah. like oh he's she's asking or he's asking her not to right because he feels when she's with now that she's with him. I mean, because when she goes to knock on the wall, you know, she shushes him out of the room. She's basically ignoring him, mm-hmm. and he's not getting any attention from her. So it's like oh he's asking her to. Oh to be there for him tonight when he comes home he wants to spend time with her but then i kind of feel like he knew he was at the end of it like it was it just wasn't going whether it was going to be that night i don't know for sure but he knew that sometime soon it was going to be the very last trip that he made out you know right yeah he knew he knew i think and i think that's very sad i mean that's because when he says he's like you know let me ask you just don't be, don't go out with that boy tonight. And then she just sort of reaches over, like slightly brushes his face with her hand, yeah, and then just yeah. turns and walks away. Yeah, she's like, okay, bitch boy. Yeah, and it's kind of sad. It's it's. Oh, yeah. the poor pedophile. I know. I mean, that's yeah. I know. We have sympathy for a fucking uh, child rapist. Right. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I mean about the, the subtlety, thing. Is there's yeah. so the many right, layers to these yeah. characters? Yeah, right. Let's go watch Clown House after this. <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. Exactly. Ooh, but you know what? It's a mystery, and we don't know that. I mean, we know because right. I, uh, we read the book and everything else, and we brought it up. But we discussed it on fucking Banana Bites that time, or one of our shows. And we were, and Matt said, like, you know, I think that he was an old boyfriend, and that he had grown up with her. That's and now what he, I thought. Right. See, That's and, and, and as the audience, how are we to know? This movie's full of mystery. Well, he's a gay pedophile. Well, whatever. He's a fucking. But why would you want to molest a kid without a dick is what I don't understand. Well, he gets the best of both worlds. Maybe he likes girls. And who knows? Like, what's the point? Does he know that she doesn't... Does he's he know seen. that she's right. a eunuch? I don't. Think I know, right? That's what I was wondering. I don't think he's aware that she's a eunuch. I think that he... Yeah, but even Michael Jackson did a spot check. <laughs> well, wait, actually, guys, with that said, you said, um, so do you think he's just that sick, like, a, that much of a sick fuck that she never gives it up to him or anything? Because technically, oh, she's she, she never does. Because no, she does she use her hand in the book? I don't no, know. She was going to let it. That, that was that, that signification when, when, when she caressed his face. That yeah. at the end of that night, when she came home, she, right. in the book, she was, she somehow. Basically, it was assured him that he was going to get to touch her in some way. When really? That That's not sexually. Dude. Just put his hands. Just his oh, for somewhere. real? For the first time ever, there's mm-hmm. never been any any intimate touching yet. Basically, it's, it's all it's you know. It's That's intense him. shit, dude. This yeah. movie is intense, man. And <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's a, shut up, Jamie. Yeah. Um, I just think that it's subtle, but it's intense at the same time. The, the more you know about it, and, and, and you can make all these conclusions about these scenes where they're just giving like long looks and like saying things slowly, like Twilight. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hate you. I think there's a there's a, another intense moment in this film when when we see what happens. When- when she makes a kill but doesn't complete the kill. Yeah. Oh and so God. we actually yeah. we actually find out that yes, you do get turned. You do, baby. If she bites you and you don't die, you will turn. Oh, yeah. that's and so cool. Hey, that when is did awesome. this movie take yes. place? The eighties? Nineteen eighty two, right? Yeah. Two, okay. Yeah, because you got that feeling with that whole group of people. Like, um and uh well, yeah, what did you guys think? Because I did not like any of those characters. I hated that girl. The guy fucking sucked. Like that whole group of friends, dude. I hated them. 
Oh, they were so, they. I didn't know if that was going to deter me from like liking the movie as much as I did. And you know what, dude? It I don't even it doesn't bother me at all. You know, I think that's what they were going for too. I mean, in, in a in a roundabout way, without saying that these people are the bad guys in our film, they basically do tell you that because they want to. They're hyping up the hey, the, you know, we want you to feel for this vampire and this love story that has to do with technically on on the surface a bad thing, like it's a vampire are bad guys but they're doing role reversal and they basically make you hate these fucking people and they they really they're just like normal kind of douchebaggy people but they didn't do anything wrong if if this were you know another movie they would be the bad guys right yeah but no see i don't think that at all i thought that those two guys were, were very good fucking chums they were oh, old no guys. Shit. They were drinking buddies. Yeah, they were all yeah. I mean, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, bro. they were good old Thanks buddies. Thanks for a you night know? of drinks and camaraderie, or what does he yes. say? Like friendship, yeah. and I mean, yeah. he's so, he's so. Uh, they actually express their care and friendship for each other, which is something you'd never see American guys doing. Like you know, <laughs> it's like Alex uh, is not going to go out with a group of his friends and be like, "Thanks, guys, for all the hours of camaraderie." You know, I mean, you just don't. <laughs> oh, Jamie, if a guy goes to hug me, I'm like, ugh, ugh, yeah, "How about those bears? Hell of a game, hell of a game, right?" Yeah. Right. Gonna go all the way this year. And and oh uh, man, you would hate me then, Alex. Oh god, <laughs> I hug everybody. Dude. I'd be like, <laughs> come on, let's go. I tell everybody I love him, though. Like, I, I, I don't give a fuck. the moment where he where he realizes that he was kind of an ass to her because as yes. she gets attacked, yeah. he go he runs over and 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 he's just kneeling by her and he's like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it, you know, because he realizes that she, you know, he could have lost her at that moment. As for all he knows, he may still be losing her because she's she's kind of bleeding out. Um, kind of. And. And I think that's a very touching moment when he's just like, I don't want the last thing that I said to you to be assholish. I don't want my last words to you to be, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> and he felt bad. Remember, he's laying in bed and he wakes up and he's thinking about his buddy, Yoki, whatever the hell his name is. And he goes, how could that have happened? Like in the middle of the night, he wakes up and he tells him. I don't get it. He was fine. Yeah. Uh, so he's, 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 he's fucked up from it. It's his good friend. And then he Luigi. up and. He actually valued his friendship more than he did his girlfriend at the time. Exactly. Like, Dude, I think he was uh, – I think yeah. this movie is <laughs> – never mind. All right. <laughs> <laughs> One more thing, right? Almost I, all, yeah. yeah, I think, got everything in yeah. yeah, I think, <laughs> I think the guy's putting from the rough. So uh, so the, the hilarious scene, there is some comedy relief. Uh, like 20 cats jump all over this lady. Oh, my God. That's the kind of stuff that has me double over laughing, man. Like that is good comedy right there. I don't That's remember great. what scene you're talking about. Oh, my gosh. You don't know? When it? the girl, get, after she gets bitten, she comes back to the fucking place. And then she... They oh, yeah. The cats. Oh, yeah. 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 And it had already been established that cats have an aversion to them um, when yeah. when Oscar and Ailey are in a shop. <laughs> and then you see the cat, like, freaking out. Yeah. Um, so it's already established that cats can sense them and cats don't like them. So then when no. she kind of walks into the room and then all of these cats just leap on her and you get that one great little cat, that little orange cat that sinks its teeth right into the side of her leg. That is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and that's – I mean that's some good CGI too, you know. Wait, that wasn't real? I thought they just like sewed all those cats onto her clothes. 
<laughs> some of the, I mean, some of it's real, but then like the one where the cat is biting your leg, that's clearly CGI. But I think it's good enough CGI uh, that it's viable. Uh, yeah, I didn't know. It's like that pet cemetery cat movie. <laughs> it was one of the cats' church. <laughs> it makes me sad though that she's slinging him off, and some of the kitties get hurt. I don't yeah. like that. Part. Now, Jamie, you're like a, a cat girl. You have like twenty cats, right? I do. Yeah, I have nuts. It's it's nuts over here. How many do you really have, Jamie? I have five. What would you do if you turned into a vampire and you came home and they and they did that to you? Would you keep them around? <laughs> oh man! Or could you? I don't. I mean, I you know, I guess I wouldn't be able to because they would be unhappy with the situation. Like they would never be comfortable with me. Right. I would break my heart, but I would probably have to find them homes. I would never hurt them. You wouldn't throw them out of the window. Even if they attacked me, I wouldn't. I couldn't hurt them. No. What's it smell like in your apartment when they all shit? It. Well, they don't all usually go at the same time. No? So, you know, <laughs> I guess it smells like I think shit. my apartment smells fine. Thank you very Do much. Do they ever piss on your carpet? Um, Pugsley did once or twice when he was sick one time. He had a bladder issue. He had some crystals in his... Why are you asking me this? It doesn't <laughs> I matter. Don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. You guys you know remember what's that funny scene about in Batman cats? Returns? Remember that shit? Oh, yeah. Fucking with her all gnawing on it and she's twitching. That was funny. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Dave. Sorry. Old man. No, this is just humor. I don't know if it's humorous to you guys, but it's my humor. Fucking that part, and it, because I watch so much foreign horror movies, mm-hmm. something in translation just always is funny. Just the fact that the guy says, "What's happening with the cats?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think in an American movie you'd see that. Like if a bunch of cats, so generic, funny, dude. A guy yeah. wouldn't say that. That's one of the beauty. One, that's one of the fucking beautiful things <laughs> let, about fucking foreign horror. Yeah, let let's write a line where the guy's observing, acknowledging the situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In America, they'd be like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, right. Well, right. Yeah, be brief. <laughs> Look, Just, the cats are happening with the cats. <laughs> Besides that, Dave, you get more comedy gold when. The chick is in the hospital, and then she asks him to open the windows, and she bursts into flames. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, it is yes. awesome. That's hilarious. That's and it's how so do you? And at that point, you're imagine you're one of the people in that room, and you're like, "What in the fuck just happened?" <laughs> that's how they, yeah, you know, spontaneous combustion. They, Maybe that's where spontaneous combustion came from. Maybe they actually were vampires. That and still blows my mind. No pun intended. <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, so, um, we are, you know, we talked about all that kind of stuff, vagina missing, bleeding when she walks in, so... Vagina uh, missing. To wind it down, because I think we've talked about this as long as the running time, uh, <laughs> the guy finds her in the bathroom, Oscar helps, uh, he knocks the guy out or something, then she, she tears him up in the bathroom, then she makes out with Oscar with blood all over her mouth, and it's funny, because she's been with the other asshole for God knows how long, and, uh... She just touched his face, but Oscar's with her a week, and she's already making out with him. Yeah, it's true blue with them. They fucking have something, and that's why she was gonna get first. She even walked in the house realizing it, knowing. Remember, he's like, "Yeah, what's gonna happen if you walk in without me inviting you in?" She didn't give a fuck. fuck Just because she cared so much for him, she walked in there knowing she was gonna fuck her, and she did it. So they both cared for each other deeply, and don't forget how she helped him with the bullying, which was fucking an amazing aspect of. 
Real oh, quick, guys, but going back to that scene, Dave, um, you, that you were just talking about, guys. Now, what do you think of that as opposed to an action scene? Like her showing him that. Do you prefer? I mean, I guess it depends on the movie. But see, that's the thing. Like this movie does. It doesn't go the typical way, right? But it goes the other way with it, which is her showing. And it's a more emotional way of going about it. What do you guys think about that? Do you like that better? I mean, to me, that's the shit that really makes the fucking difference between a great movie and just an okay movie and that's what i talk about subtlety not so much subtlety dude but just things in movies that don't beat you over the head exactly yes okay (laughs) (laughs) thank you good night you're right man so that bully part yeah no 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 i'm just no it's funny because you say things that are statements and they make sense but sometimes there's nothing to say after (laughs) i agree that's what's to be said you're right man straight up (laughs) no shut up dave i don't want your pity pity like that's like liking something on facebook because he doesn't have any likes (laughs) (laughs) my man dave i love you brother (laughs) so okay well let's get real quick before we wrap it because obviously we can't say uh the end until we say this so you know they like i said the kids are bullying oscar the little pricks they do this they do that the other thing so then one day oscar just uh they're ice skating or something and then the bully comes up to him and he has a stick and he goes what are you gonna do with that stick and he's like i'm gonna crack you in the fucking head if you come up if you mess with me and he goes oh yeah i don't think you will because you're a little bitch and he goes oh yeah and he goes bam and the guy just like "Ah," and his eardrum pops oh i love it oh dude my favorite movies in the world are like killing child molesters or like that movie with uh, Kevin Bacon where he kills the guys who killed his kid. Death sentence. Yeah. So uh, at the end of the movie, um, you know, she – okay, well, she leaves. After that whole thing in the bathtub where he saves her from the guy killing her, uh, she makes out with him. She leaves like for good. She's never coming back. She goes – I don't know how, how she leaves. But um, so the bullies – all meet this kid at the swimming uh, place at the end of the movie, and uh, since he hit that kid in the ear, uh, his bigger cousin holds says, "I'm going to hold your head underwater for three minutes, and um, if you can't do it, then, uh, then I'll just give you a cut." Because it, it, oh yeah, yeah. He's like, "I'll just cut you," as opposed to, "If not, I'll dude, cut out your fucking eyes." Yeah, dude. Isn't that rude? An eye for an ear. Yeah, yeah, an eye for yeah, an ear. yeah. If he could do it, he'll cut him. If he can't, he'll he'll stab his eyes out because guys we look at this kid like he's oh that kid's a fucking pussy dude i kicked that kid's ass but to those little kids dude he's the big bad fucking wolf like and we'll get to the infamous scene at the end dude which i think is 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 probably one of the fucking coolest scenes ever on fucking film oh it's great oh it's a fucking god he's a minor character he looks like one of the bully's friends yeah the fucking dude from uh Rob Zombie's Halloween. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember exactly. how he's like getting upset because the one bully's making him fucking hit him with the with the uh-huh. stick, and he's like, yeah, dude. "Dude, why don't you just fucking do what he wants? I don't, I don't enjoy doing this to you." Right. He's like in tears. See, yeah. it's like bullying through another bully. Then at the end, he has enough. Right. Of it. He covers up his ears. That's what I'm saying. There's, there's a lot of shit going on. There's these minor characters that oh you know, God. they're hey. narratives of them. It's great, dude. And, and it's. it's- Okay, guys, so we have spoilers in this review? Oh, wait, yeah. one hour or two. Oh, fuck yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> the father was, um, it's off topic, but do you think yeah. that the father is involved with that man in a homosexual relationship? 
Because I, I, I kind of got that vibe. I'm curious what you guys... Remember when he goes and visits his father twice because of the divorce and everything else, and he goes off to see his dad? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, of course he's gay. Yeah. So, um, God, dude. I didn't, I didn't Jamie, get that at all. On a serious, with European men, it's difficult to tell sometimes. <laughs> Because just simply because, simply because they don't act it culturally, it's very different, you know. So, if it were like an American film, and you see those two, it's kind of it kind of reminds me of like Sleepaway Camp in the beginning, you know. With, um, but it be them being European, I don't know. It's not something I ever really put a lot of thought into. But I guess it's, I guess so, you know. I always I wanted know. to ask someone else that question because I've watched the movie so many times oh, that thoughts always crossed my head. So you guys are. So I honestly cool. never thought about it, but then thinking about it, I would say probably, probably so. I mean, that may be the reason that they got divorced. Uh, so yeah, Dan's referring to earlier uh, the pool scene. Basically, you see a little bit of carnage. I mean, I don't know. If, uh, we don't have to say what it is in case nobody saw it. So let them be surprised. But yeah, that was so fucking badass. Uh, oh. That is just. Oh. That's. That's perfect. Uh, I mean, I think the scene of the film uh, overall. I really love the fact that one, she came to his rescue. I don't know. I'm kind of like Alex. Like I really love seeing assholes get their comeuppance. And this guy was not just a the the older brother that was holding him underwater. He's not whatever he was. He's not just like your average everyday. You know, I'm going to kick you in the shins, bully. This guy is a fucking murderer. Like he's he's just going to walk in and kill this. Without exactly. thinking anything about it, you know. Yeah. And also, one thing I really love about that is when we pan away at the end and you see, like, all the carnage and everything. But then you see oh. the one little boy sitting off to the side, the one who didn't oh. want to have anything to do with it to begin with. Yeah. And he's just sort of sitting there crying, and and she didn't huh. bother him. I, I like that. I like the fact that oh. he was not guilt, guilty by association, that exactly. she kind of knew that he didn't really want to do the things that he did. You know, and it's, and honestly, with this group of kids, I get the impression that if you're either with them or you're against them. And if you're against them, then they'll kill you. I mean, like these kids are fucking yeah. brutal. Man. Yeah, right. They're like toadies. They're like Grover Gill. Yeah, dude. <laughs> the two fucking yeah, Scott Farkas and shit, dude. Right. When I tell you to come, you better come. You said <laughs> you said everything, dude. That that I I I love it for the exact same reasons, dude. And the fact that that one shot, dude, of fucking when he's being held underwater and then fucking bloop and it drops right in. I'm sorry, dude, but this is fucking old school shit where you have to imagine what's going on above the water. Like, I'm sorry, dude. You see that fucking arm? And <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. Think about that. Look at this. Th- think about this for a second. Look at fucking her going down and her just ripping the arm off. Like, she... I can't <laughs> she picture that, actually. The- exactly. It's- I'm glad they didn't show it. That Actually, just think of that. You know how we're always bitching about, like, censorship? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Remember how we talked about how um, in Texas Chainsaw Three, how we didn't like how what that dude William Butler they didn't show the hammer hitting his head, and that was clearly censorship compared to not showing it with this. This is where it's artistic license. That sh- that's just bullshit. The other one, right? Yeah, because it it's it's better kicking? that way. It's you don't need to see it to to get the uh, impact. I think really where you get the impact is watching. Oscar, like you watch his, the realization uh, when it hits him, like, um, wait, something's not right here. Like, <laughs> something's going on. Right. 
And so we're basically, we just stay on him through the entire thing. And then you just sort of see like random, you see the head come flying at the end of the other end of the pool, oh, which is fantastic. And then, um, and so we don't really, we know as much as he does, basically. That's what, right. it, I mean, right. he doesn't really know what's going on and neither do we. We, we just get little glimpses and that's brilliant. I love the kids fucking feet kicking. I think that's the best part of it all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I do have one question. Though. Okay, I have the answer, I'm sure. If you're in a pool and this guy comes up to you and says, I'm going to hold you underwater for three minutes. If you can do that, then I'm going to cut you. If you can't do that, I'm going to pluck out your eye. Are you then going to swim to the edge of the pool where he what? is so that he can put his hand on your head and push you underwater? <laughs> because that's exactly what he did. He just went right over to him. Are you going I to do that? that too. Yeah. <laughs> Why didn't he just try to swim in the middle? Let they would just all jump in and get him. What's the I point? Know, but he- we would have stood a better chance. No. He, no, he probably thought that the less, but you know, struggle he did. Yeah, the more he complied, they would <laughs> take it easy on him. You know, I don't see those guys <laughs> taking it easy on anybody though, and I feel right. like I would probably hey, be down fighting. You know, I just he knew. Would- he knew he was fucked either way. Like, it was coming one way or the other. And, you know, we're going to do this the easy way or the hard way. The easy way. Maybe he's depressed because she left. Ely's gone. He's fucking... Yeah, well, that too. Perfect. Know, that's true. Exactly, Dave. Yeah, man. I mean, and I think that's the key to this movie is that I hate to keep saying it, but it's very subtle things where... My God, he's saying this again? You use your head to kind of fucking uh, map out each scene, and, and it all fits. But in that last scene, it's a physical representation of everything that we've been dealing with throughout the whole movie. Thank you, Alex. Which is subtlety and 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 burping and fucking partying on a fucking podcast. Woo! All right, so let's wrap this up. We got it. I have to live my life. We all like the movie, clearly, I think. I know Jamie hates it. Dan barely likes it. But I think me and Dave are big fans. So how do you rate this movie? Let's go around <laughs> really fast. Uh, Dan from 1 to 5. Hated it. Okay, 1. Jamie, <laughs> 1 to 5. <laughs> <laughs> this is a 5, clearly, I think. You love it, really? I love this movie, yeah. Okay. Dave, 1 to 5. I already know. Favorite movie ever. Of course, the fucking yeah. five. The movie's fantastic. Opening yeah. shot, fucking closing. I give it a four out of five. So, am I the lowest rating? I mean, Dan, are you five five or four five? I'm a one. Come on. I'm a five. And, and five? I'll tell you this. Um, I'm a five. You all love it? Uh, yeah, I, dude. Yeah. I just thought it was really good. I don't know if I. You tell me a better movie, vampire movie than this. Right. Thank um, you. What's a better vampire movie? The Lost Boys too. Right. Okay, but see, you're wrong. Like that's just you. <laughs> uh, but that's a great movie too. But this is why I want to. Technically, uh, guys. Technically, it's fucking amazing. Alone. It's amazing technically. Everything. The opening Everything. shot with the snow falling. Oh, beautiful! But the movie was very cold. It was, and I love it. I yeah. love that atmosphere. You know what I did because of that atmosphere? And you're gonna think I take things way too far. I wanted to. Um, you know, I, I, I consider myself a method, a, a method host for the show. So when I was watching this, I literally turned my heat off and didn't put any blankets on. Oh. That explains why it's so fucking cold in the dungeon tonight. I know, right? I forgot to put it back on for the review. I'm sorry. What the fucking furnace? Because the next time you're in the fucking laser room, see what I do? No, too. right, dude. Mm-hmm. No, no like you realize no. this floor is stone, right? So yeah, I tried to live the movie, so I made it very cold. I didn't get to the point where I was breathing breath or any or seeing my breath or anything, but 
You didn't cut your dick off? Uh, I didn't go that far to make it method, Methodist type thing, no. You know what, to, with let the right one in, when I say cold, what I mean is, this reminds me of like in the morning when you uh, sit on your toilet bowl and it's freezing, the bowl. Oh, like I that kind that. of cold. Oh, I hate you it, know? bro. Nobody? No, I got you. <laughs> but I keep my house at 61 degrees. That's cold. That's so, it, <laughs> so, She wants to keep those nipples hard. I didn't have to. I didn't have to adjust anything. No, I'm just fucking cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's walking around in three fucking sweaters. She looks like Adrian from Rocky. <laughs> hey, remember you had like what? Would you have twenty sweaters on? To my own girls here with the big butt, shaking it like we on a strip club. Remember, only God could judge ya. Forget the haters, cause somebody loves ya. What franchise do you want to see continue the most? You know, we have a lot of favorite franchises. Some have continued to people's dismay, like Lost Boys. Some have not continued uh, to, you know, people yearning for it, like, you know, the Big Four, shit like that. And you guys on Banana Bites, let's start off with this one. You guys on Banana Bites, you guys talked about... Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So here's the craziest thing in the world. Jamie, wait till you hear this. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They did part one, then they did part two. Two was a continuation from one. Far continuation. Then they did part three, which was sort of like a remake to one. Then they did part four, which was sort of like a remake to one. Then they remade it. Then they did a prequel. Then they went back. Instead of continuing from the remake or the prequel, they did one that followed the original first one. And now (laughs) they want to do a prequel to the follow-up of the original that came out in 2013. What a mess. (laughs) Could you believe that? What is wrong with this franchise? (laughs) It wouldn't a prequel to the direct sequel just be the first one? Right. That's what you would think. Right? Okay, so is is it going to be her story? No, it's Leatherface's story. Okay. I was a so teenage Leatherface. It's going to be what leather what was going on with Leatherface during that 25-year span or whatever. Yeah, the teen okay. years. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking yeah. So Leatherface is going to be all angsty, and he's going to have pimples on right. his on his Leatherfaces, and you know he's gonna. We're going to see him learning to jerk off, and you know, <laughs> right. As far as franchises, I would like to see consider. I mean, continue. I would enjoy more Ginger Snaps. Uh, really? You know, that's coming out on Blu-ray pretty soon. Yeah, I know. It, yeah, yeah. Sure. I think all three of those were solid, and. I would have enjoyed seeing more of that if they kept up if they kept it as solid as it was. Okay, now where would you like to see a franchise go? What happened in the last one? The last one was a prequel, like right. prequel, like it was like eighteen yeah. hundreds prequel. Um, so we've done 
the first one, then there was the direct sequel to that, and then there was like the prequel. I guess what you could do, there would be room for um, another sequel. You know, you could keep continuing that story if you wanted to. Or do you want Catherine Isabel back in? Well, how are they going to get her in? That's the problem. Well, I mean, they worked her in all three of those. You know, it's you could do True. another. You could do like a okay, because in the in the third film or the prequel, what we saw was the origin of Bailey Downs, the town that they live in. It started out as a fort, um, and so we saw the origin of that. And then in the original film, it was present day at the time Bailey Downs. Well, I guess what we could see is like a 1950s Bailey Downs. You know, if you wanted to do a period thing. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's pretty much you could do ginger snaps in space, <laughs> like a far future, like futuristic werewolf. I wouldn't do that, but I'm just saying it's something they could do because you never know. Ginger snaps in the hood. <laughs> I want to see pinhead, nice. uh, leprechaun, Uh-oh. ginger snaps, and everyone else, and Jason all meet each other in outer space. That's what I said on bites. Bite. Where on my life I did not hear that part. Are you fucking serious? Wow. Holy shit. Amazing. I've been playing it at night. Yeah, I've been playing it at night and I keep falling asleep. Not not because of you. No, 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 no. I started at like eleven forty five. Wow. Well, listen, let me go a step further. The reason we talked about it is because we were talking about how fucked up the Texas Chainsaw franchise is, because we were talking about this movie. And then we said, Why don't we just send that asshole into space now? And I said, yeah, let's send him into space. We'll put Leatherface in space, Jason, Leprechaun, um, what's his name, Pinhead. And then we'll throw Alien in there because he's from space anyway, or her, and Predator. And then they can all fight in a fucking terror dome. I did not hear that. Wow. That's crazy. Another crazy coincidence. Wow. <laughs> uh, Jamie, what do you think? Um, well, um, it'd definitely be an, an interesting thing. Would you guys like to see another Robert England Freddy Krueger movie? No. I don't. I think he sucked in Freddy vs. Jason. I agree. His deliver, his everything about him was terrible. Yep. Not really. Yeah. Although I did enjoy New Nightmare. Like, I really liked I agree. New Nightmare. And did I. Yeah, but that was 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah I mean, Freddy at, Jason at was this the point, last. you know, eh. Yeah, we're done. Okay, Pinhead. Would you like to see that Doug Bradley no. come back? No. God, I'm so tired of that franchise. Jesus Christ. It's like, that's like right up there with Amityville Horror. It's like, <laughs> and we're just going to start talking about pieces of furniture. Oh, you know? And I'm like, I just, it's just, you know, when you run, no, there's no. My throw rug is possessed. <laughs> although we, although they did bring back Child's Play and it was pretty badass. Uh-huh. Uh-oh, we brought it back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, they did, and it worked, and that's like one of the only times I think it's worked. Okay. So, I mean, I guess it really just depends, you know, but if someone asked me my, you know, hey, do you want to see this, then, you No. Know. Michael Myers, Halloween, do we want to see, okay, how about this? Good question. Would you rather see a sequel in the same universe as, the, as uh, a sequel to Part 8, or would you rather see Rob Zombie's World, Halloween 3, or start over again? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm kind of done with that. I agree. I say neither, believe it or not. Neither? You don't want to see any more Halloweens forever? Not really. Maybe uh, a Rob Zombie. Maybe. If it's like Halloween 2, maybe. But Maybe, right. You know? I personally would like to see him do 3, uh, since I like 2 so much. However, yeah. I could watch a new Friday the 13th 
every year until I die. And yes, obviously. Yes. <laughs> now, do you want to come off of part eight with my part nine script or do you want to see a sequel to the remake? No, I don't. I don't want the remake. I don't. Nope. <laughs> I don't want to acknowledge the remake. I don't. Stop. <laughs> Paramount. I want part nine. I want Paramount. Yes. Yep. That's what we want. All of us. Yes. Definitely. Okay. Uh, who else is out there? It's Lost Boys. You guys see this two and three? I actually nope. liked the third one. Yeah. Did yeah. Huh. Somewhat. I mean, I, it, that's not saying a whole lot, but um. Right. But I, I didn't think it was horrible, crazy, terrible. No, it, the ending though that it was very anticlimactic. Everything seemed so easy. It was, but, um, but overall, I could watch another one of those. It just sort of depends okay. on what they did with it, I guess. Didn't see him. Didn't see him. There's like I said, there's one I want to continue that could work, and it's Final Destination. It could work. That it's, could work because it's not yeah. necessarily dependent on the ones before it. I mean, you can right just at all. Like, and you know that so that I I could definitely watch more of those. I was really into those. I Absolutely, because death is eternal. It doesn't matter. You don't need anybody else to be in it. That could go on and on and on. If they, as long as it was a good script, why not? And more then my heart will go on. <laughs> yes, Titanic two. <laughs> they actually made a Titanic. I know. Too. I saw it. It's fucking hysterical. Um, who else is out there? Oh, Evil Dead. Uh, let's just say, forget about that remake. Would you want to see Bruce Campbell come back and continue as smart and shit like that and do that part four where the monsters attack the store and continue on from there? Yes. Not I me. would. I would. What about Sharknado? Oh, they did. I haven't seen any of them. <laughs> God. <laughs> part two. Oh, my God. Is that any worse than part one? Yes. It's worse? Okay. No, actually, it's it's a little bit better, but it's – Mainly, it's all cameos. I mean, there are crazy cameos. Like, Robert Hayes is flying the airplane. <laughs> that's in funny. The, in the beginning. And Judd Hirsch is driving a taxi in New York City. Oh, that's cool. And so, I mean, it's stuff like that. And they even have Jared eating a fucking Subway sandwich. Oh. Wait, the guy that listens to our show? Jared Fair? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Jared the Subway guy. And he's oh. like, hey, man, you should eat fresh, too. Fuck, I'd rather see Mahoney eating a fucking Jimmy John sub. In the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mahoney. Ma- Ma- Mahoney. Mahoney. How about Jaws? You want Jaws to come back? Ooh. Carry on. Jaws 5? Uh, I think remake is better than Jaws 5. Ooh, Fuck what? Remake. Fuck a remake. Nobody better fucking remake Jaws. Nope. CGI shit. But sharks. Jamie, come on. Jaws 5. Well, you know what? I would tolerate a Jaws 5 faster than I would tolerate a remake because remake of Jaws is akin to blasphemy as far as I'm concerned. It is, but I can't see anyone going to see Jaws 5. Well, no, I don't. It would definitely not make the theater. No. No. No, no. This time, it's not quite personal, (laughs) but it's almost there. (laughs) <laughs> That's a great slogan. This time it's not quite personal. <laughs> yeah, that was forty fucking years ago. No, it's not personal. Um, oh, and one. Let's just make one side note that Marilyn Burns from Texas Chainsaw Massacre is dead at sixty-five. Uh, she survived Leatherface, but uh, eventually, we all got to go sometime. So. Rest in peace, Marilyn Burns. Uh, I loved you. Um, you did a, an amazing job. Uh, I just wish you were in a pair of shorts when you did it, but you did an amazing job nonetheless. 
And Jamie, you're very uh, close to Texas Chainsaw. What do you think of Marilyn Burns passing away? It was very, it was very sad for me. I, I said yesterday on the TMZ website that she is, uh, her performance in that film is extraordinarily iconic. It's one of the most emotion wrought performances in horror history. I mean, it just, it is a piece of horror history. It's amazing. And look what Felissa Rose said about it, remember? But yeah, I mean, that made me sad. And I'm still not over Dick Smith dying. So that was just a week mm-hmm. ago, and I'm not over that yet either. So it's it's too much sad in the horror world right now. Uh, uh, J- Jamie just got up and left. What the fuck? I think she's just broken up about Marilyn Burns, Dave, and she just couldn't sit here and keep on doing the show. Yeah, she didn't want to cry again she was almost in tears the other day and another show she was on about dick smith enough was enough it's just been a rough week she just grabbed her eyes and just got up and took the headphones off and left uh, but you know we'll wrap it up i guess uh well is there any other horror franchises dave that you would like to see continued i'm trying to think uh house house uh no um <laughs> if anything although i think the 1986 film can't be touched a remake would be cool just to update it a little bit and uh, bring people their awareness up for that movie. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. But overall, eh. What about Sleepaway Camp? I think, yeah, that definitely should be remade. They could do it. A remade or just a sequel? I would like a sequel more. I think that so we definitely I. need another – I don't even care if it's direct-to-DVD. I don't care what the f- where the fuck it goes as long as it's my DVD or Blu-ray player. Um yeah, I think one more sleepaway done right. I think the fourth one, and yes, I mean the legit fourth one, stop talking about Survivor! Uh, I'm talking about Return to Sleepaway Camp. It kept my attention, and it moved forward and shit like that, but it just wasn't good by any stretch. So, and it was very disappointing to see Felissa Rose in that caliber. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and Jonathan Tear. That was even worse than her For caliber. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that needs that needs another that needs a real send off before we get remade there. Yeah, they gotta capture the atmosphere of you know, a little more. Why can't they just use those old cameras? I know it would cost too much for the film, but they got there's gotta be another way. Yeah, there does have to be another way. How hard could it be, honestly? You could take retro pictures with a with a, an app in your phone and take <laughs> old pictures. Why can't you do it with film? You know? I don't know. It could be done. That that's one they could do. I don't think they will. What about Saw? You know, it's supposed to be a Ooh. fucking Saw eight. You believe that shit? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Fuck. Why not? I don't care. Yeah, maybe it's because seven was such a letdown. Maybe you know. Yeah. Absolutely. I wouldn't even mind. Oh, they can't. I'd say another Omen, but they can't do it because they killed Damien. Oh, they did? Oh, shit. I spoiled it for you, didn't I? Did he come back? I know he came back when he was like 30 years old. I guess they killed him. We're going to do the retro one day on, on Banana Leaf. Oh, okay. So. That's a show well, one, two, and three. Oh, no, no. One, two, and three. I'm telling you. Oh, okay. You'll, you'll enjoy it. But isn't he in four? The Awakening. I believe it's his daughter or some fucked up thing. I've never even seen it. How's that? Huh. <laughs> I think it was made for TV also. I don't know. Dude, they were all on Netflix, and I attempted... I watched the first two, I think, and then after that, I just never went back. And I've, I've plotted through fucking Hellraiser, dude. I plotted through Jaws. I plotted through 
uh, like some of the most. I, I'm still trying to get through Wishmaster and Phantasm movies. Ugh, the, fuck, don't bother with, with Wishmaster. You're better off with fucking Puppet Master after part one. <laughs> <laughs> That's how bad they are. Now the other one. What's the other one you said? Uh, Wishmaster, Puppet Master. Not oh, no, you said Puppet Master. Um, yeah, you said something. Phantasm. Phantasm. See, I, I say indulge in that. I watch yeah. watch one through four. Why not? Give it a shot. Yeah. Well, Coscarelli did all of them, right? Yeah, they're all watchable too. I'll tell you okay. that. Mm-hmm. And the tall man is in all. Yeah, didn't Jamie say the tall man's in all of them? But the the boy was replaced in two for some fucked up reason, and then he came yeah. back. And then, yep. Just because of bullshit studio bullshit. Bullshit is right. Rob Zombie. No, it's kidding. Fucking poor bastard. How about the Rocky series? Oh no, that's off topic. Sorry. Um. Oh <laughs> shit. No, that's a good. That's a good it's, question. It's not horror, but <laughs> Rocky. Fuck. Another uh, Rocky. The Imagine last it. one was. Abysmal or a no? It, it, the word you're looking for would be abysmal, but you really thought it was an abysmal movie. Uh, wow, I, yeah, I liked I it. Did. Wow, I liked it. I think I liked it better than five. Get out of here! And I liked the whole series. Tommy Gunn. I liked I liked the whole series. I'm a Rocky fan. So I it, I love Rocky. You know, I'm one of those weirdos who are okay with five. I, I hate the re- fight at the end of a fucking street oh, fight. Lame, really? Oh, you don't like it? Oh, wow, I like no, it. No, I just thought it was a lame way to end it in the street. He's like, I, you I, knocked I him down. Why don't you try knocking me try down? Try knocking me down, right? <laughs> try knocking me down. Yeah, I got my mouthpiece in already somehow. <laughs> no, I enjoy it. I actually also enjoy Rocky Five, but Rocky Balboa, I don't know. I've only seen it twice. I have the Blu-ray. It actually... I thought it was a real good way to wrap everything up. Wow. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. Even that last Rambo was was okay, too, for that. That was solid, but it wasn't enjoyable. Like, it was very depressing to me. It was gory. That's all I liked out of it. It was just fucking blood and guts and people getting whacked all over the place. It was just, yeah, but it wasn't, it was so depressing. There was so many dark, it was, see, I love darkness. You can't be a Suns fan without loving darkness, but... Darkness. Some people do darkness a different way. Uh, and Rambo 4 and Casino and shit like that, that's dark on a level that is not enjoyable to me. It's not, like, fun. You know, with Rambo, part 2 and 3 were just so fucking far-fetched to me. One man taking on fucking armies, <laughs> you know? It, it, I don't think that when the last one came out, it was quite along those same lines. So I think I respected it for that, that it wasn't too outlandish like those late 80s, early 90s movies were. And, you know, once again, it summed it up. But I, I do understand what you're saying about the the darkness of, of some movies. See, me, sometimes I like it, sometimes I don't. Depends on the movie. Depends on how how, how good the script is, if I like the actors, you know, the situations that are happening. The situation? Oh, shit. He's in this, too? That fucker, he stole my brother's name. You know, my brother's name is Mike, okay? And I used to call my brother Mike back in the 90s, Mr. Situation. That was Get out of here. Yeah, Mr. Situation. I was so pissed off when I found that this guy fucking made a name for himself and his name was called Mike, Mikey the Situation or the fuck his name was. I was pissed off because my brother's name is Mike. And I used to call him Mr. Situation because he was always involved in fucking strange and, and, and uptight situations. Like his, he had <laughs> Are bad you luck serious? Like yeah, so I said, oh, there he is, Mr. Situation. What, what's going on today? <laughs> oh, a drama was always happening to him. So I used to call him Mr. Situation, and his name is Mike. So, wow. Yeah, when that fucker came out, I was pissed off. I'm like, son of a bitch. 
That's almost like my uh, Simpsons shirt thing. <laughs> the Maggie's first words. Wow, man, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't believe that. It's weird. And he's Italian. Right, right, exactly. Wow. And he's more entertaining. I guarantee you, if they brought cameras into fucking my life, it would be uh, more entertaining than than uh, the Jersey <laughs> Devils or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> <laughs> the Jersey Devils. I'm still looking for that guy, man, running around the mountains of Wachong, New Jersey. Uh, wow. I should take my bike up there one day, man. That'd be nice. Yeah, what are you waiting the... for? If you have a legend like that out there, why aren't you looking? I know. I should, we should trick my buddies to taking our bikes to the Wachong Mountains. And really, my objective is to find the Jersey Devil, and these assholes think we're camping. Yeah, do it. <laughs> <laughs> why not? This is Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com with all the skinfo from the latest movies. Nude on DVD, it's the final season of Showtime's Californication. After seven seasons of nude debuts and Mr. Skin shoutouts, David Duchovny gets a spectacular send-off from naked babes like Bridget Davidovici and Diana Terranova. These ladies are sure to get you in a yank moody. This is the Mr. Skin Minute. Nude on Showtime, Season 2 of Ray Donovan had its breast episode yet. Not only did former model Vanessa Shaw make her official nude debut while banging Liev Schreiber, Paula Malcolmson achieved gratuitous greatness in a naked shower scene. When it's Showtime, it's grow time. Nude on HBO, Anna Paquin is still leading a cast of naked vamp tramps on True Blood's final season. This week had bisexual bloodsucker Anna bearing her B positives while getting it on with her real-life husband, Stephen Moyer. Our girl Suki's got one stacked house. Suck it. MrSkin.com. Fast forwarding to the good parts. Has there been a movie made about the Jersey Devil? I think. Okay. Not nearly, obviously, nothing like the Chupacabra or the the Bigfoot. Well, let's do it. Let's get our fucking camera phones, you and I. We'll go up to the fucking Omega movie. Yeah. You know, we, we have, like, a lot of listeners on the Skeleton Crew, and it's it's in such a, a number that I'm not even going to get into it, but I it's a very silent number. A lot of people don't say anything to us in any form. They don't review us on iTunes. They don't review us on YouTube. They don't review us on Horophilia. They don't join our Facebook. So I would like you people who are the silent listeners, you know, yes, you, yeah, right. The silent majority. Yes. Right. You. Yeah. <laughs> it's a silent majority. Big mouth. <laughs> uh, who's that over there? Uh, I'm the unsilent majority. <laughs> More Rocky references. Yep. Is that weird? So I want you guys who have never said a thing to the crew. You know, you guys know we're wrapping it up pretty soon. Halloween is our last day. You got to tell me, is there any good Bigfoot movie in the world? Because I, I think it's harder to find Bigfoot than it is a good Bigfoot movie. And I've said this before. You got to email me at alex at theskeletoncrewshow.com. Just write to me and let me know, please, if there's a worthwhile to watch Bigfoot movie. Thank you. What about the one that just came out? Some people liked it. Nope. Jason said it was horrific. That's one person. Some people liked it, though. Willow Creek. I think he knows what we're looking for. Uh, Willow Creek? I think I saw that one. It's just, it's, uh, it's, um, it was directed by fucking Bobcat Goldthwait. Okay, forget it. Yeah, The Legend of Willow Creek or something, and it's a uh, found I'm footage. Bigfoot! Right. Was rough. <laughs> fucking asshole. Can you believe he was banging that fucking chick? 
<gasps> That's right, that hot chick, Nikki Cox. Oh. I'll never fucking forgive him. Oh, oh, she What's was. What's her so middle hot. name? Loves? Oh. Remember that show? It was like a ripoff of fucking Loves. <laughs> it was a ripoff of like Married with Children. Married with Children. And she was like a Kelly Bundy character. But honestly, I think she was hotter. Oh, oh come on. Listen, Kelly Bundy is the most near and dear person in my heart. I love her too. I lo- I would fucking jump in front of traffic and push that chick out of the way, but Nikki Cox is hotter. I'm sorry. Oh, right? Oh, wow. And that guy was banging her. Holy f- You just, you never know. What, what money will do to you. Money and oh, influence. Money and influence. Holy fuck. Right? God, I'm only doing a free show. I need money. Right? Send, send $7 a show to Alex at the Skeleton. Put that little donate button down there. I really should, man. I, I, I think I should get paid. I think we should all get paid. I was going to charge, Jason was trying to set up a, a thing where I could charge a dollar for my Friday the 13th rap song. Oh, yeah, right. He wasn't able to figure out how to do that. Like, he knows how to put them on iTunes, but he didn't know how to charge for iTunes. Unfortunately, I just put it on YouTube for free, and apparently I would have had about $1,400 right now. If they would have paid, yeah, sure. Right, yeah. Let's just say they wouldn't have. Even half of them, you still wouldn't have made 500 you know what I'm saying? The shit, that's nice. The thing is, there's too many pieces of shit fucking podcasts out there that aren't even worth paying a dollar yeah, for. And it discourages people. Yes, it does discourage people because they don't know, oh, what are these guys doing? They're getting on a mic and they're talking for fucking an hour and then it's over and that's it. And, the, and, the, and the big anybody can do that. That's what they'll say. But you know what? That's to its benefit and to its detriment. It's fucking, the best thing about podcasts is that anybody can do them. And... The worst thing about podcasts is that anybody can do them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've seen the worst. You know what I mean? It's true. It's great that we can do it, but it's also shitty that other people that don't do anything, don't edit, don't fucking care, don't just have fucking shows and nobody's talking, they're lagging, they're boring. Fuck, who wants to They don't to contribute, they don't really add anything to it, yeah. Yeah, who wants to, who would pay for that? So they exactly. don't know. Yeah, so they, they hear us, they figure we're the same shit. Yes, so, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It is what it is. We're still enjoying ourselves. That's the important part. Yeah, that's why we're still here, enjoying ourselves. Right. The only reason I'm leaving is because I don't want to produce. Uh, and if you want any hint on why the fuck I don't want to, just wonder why Banana Laser took three weeks to put a show out. <laughs> you know, it's supposed to be two weeks, guys, but production is such bullshit that Matt is so fucking overwhelmed and swamped with normal things. And I'm telling you, you don't to, to the fact that you guys got shows as frequently as you did. Wow, is a miracle because what Matt is going through right now is the normal thing. You nobody would invest this much time. Like you, you might think it's crazy for leaving, but I'm telling you, you wouldn't do it either, man. Yeah, very few, very few people would would do that. And the right. fact that we gave three years, I th- almost is, I think, is a lot. Shit. Fuck yeah, it is. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's that a is lot. a lot. Yeah. Yes. It's fucking a long time. So don't <laughs> yeah. hate me. Nah, nobody does. We're, we're all still having fun and we're having fun doing it and they're having fun listening. So Yeah. Dan's on Phantom Zone. I'm on Banana Laser. So you still got two. And Jamie uh, obviously is on all her shows that you all know about. Um, she's on Evil Episodes. She's on Devour the Podcast. She got her live shows every Wednesday. Uh, so we'll find out where that is. We'll announce that better, but next time, but you know, we're all still around 
That's all. We're so good. This is true. Yep. We'll keep talking about Friday the 13th till we're dead. Friday the 13th and <laughs> Shining. <laughs> yeah. Banana laser. Yeah. So there you go. That's the show. We hope you enjoyed the review of Let the Right One In. We did the original, guys, so nobody could bitch about, yes. oh, you should have done the original. We did it. Damn it. And we I hope you enjoyed that interview with Mark Patton. The You know, I'll be honest with you guys. That interview was from 2011. Here's the story. Um, uh. I, I started off on a podcast for horror called Rabbit and Red Radio. Uh, I was on and off. Couldn't stand the guy running it. And I just kept – I was in and out. I fought with him, left, came back, fought with him, left, came back. And by the third time I came back, they were doing so – pitiful on Harbid that Justin said I had enough of you guys uh, you don't deliver what should be delivered in a podcast and even with me going back I just didn't I didn't have the control I have you know now to actually put something out that people want to hear so it was up to you know Vince and he just was all about what he wanted really didn't care about what was necessary to give to people so Justin said fuck it then I don't want you on my site if you're not going to provide so that decision that he made to throw us off of Harbit at the time in June 2011 um, <clears throat> the last show we released was my mark it was the first time I ever interviewed somebody it was the first one on one I ever had was with Mark Patton I'm just stopping for laughs okay no I'm not gay no it's okay no but he was the first guy I ever said to Vince you know I, I want to do this alone uh, Vince wasn't into it anyway. He didn't want to talk to the guy. And I'm a big fan of Nightmare Part 2. So I interviewed Mark Patton alone. And then we put it out there on Harbid. And within five days, I think, the show was taken down. And So I don't. not too many people heard it. That's why I really wanted to put it on this show. Sorry for the sound quality. Uh, I was not the producer at the time. And I, I would have not let that happen. But it sounds like shit. Hopefully you guys may, were able to make out what was being said. Uh, sorry about that. But there you go. That's the Mark Patton interview. It was important to me, and it's a big part of uh, my podcast history. So, you know, hope you liked it. Yeah, good stuff. I liked it. Thanks. So there you go. So this is The Skeleton Crew number 92. We have eight more shows to go. We hope you're there to the very end. We will all celebrate together on Halloween night. Dave, thanks so much for filling in dan has not been able to make it to the last couple shows and uh really appreciate you stepping in um, thank you brother anytime glad to be here yeah thanks man so uh you can catch me on the next banana laser and uh, that is my new home as well as this show till it ends and dave that's where he is and we will see you next time on the skeleton crew see you later see you